Hello and welcome to Game Brain, a board game podcast about our gaming group. I'm your host, Ben Mandelker, and we are at turn round 15, turn 11. (laughs) And I'm here with Paul Satachit. The Game Breaker. Hello, everyone. I'm sorry, I need you to do that again. Paul's attached at The Game Breaker. Hello, everyone. No. <laughs> Thank you, Candace. Oh, no. I mean, for crying out loud. <laughs> for crying out loud. This is, supposed, this is a professional podcast that's up for podcast of the year on, on BGG. He's, and he's you don't just even... nervous that I'm here with I him for the first time. Well, you know, like, I, I've been known to be nervous. That I, I'm full of anxiety, apparently. <laughs> yes. And uh, that lovely, dulcet voice you just heard, that's Ooh. Candace. Harris, the Omni Gamer. Hey. Hi, Candace. How's it going? Doing great. I'm yeah. really excited to be here. I'm all jacked up on coffee now. Jacked up. And uh, it's a beautiful day. And uh, you are coming off the heels of being incepted by Paul. Is that correct? And me. <laughs> right? <laughs> yes, yes. I did have a weird dream, I think, about prepping for recording this podcast today. Well, yeah. this is the first time for the three of us. Yeah. Is it really? Oh, yeah. it is. Yeah. yeah. So you know, wow. just, once again, I wanted it to be magical. You know, I make, making some... history, and then yeah. you got you got nervous. You got nerves. Not nervous. You had, you had nerves. Yeah. Well, your so your dream was about like part of it was cake making. So that was my inception, and then the yes. anxiety we just assume is Paul, right? Because <laughs> the other part was drumming, and that's not that's Paul. you. Yeah, so that's we were like me. the only other component that was left was anxiety. So we just have to assume it's some some sort of like Paul, Paul effect. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm feeling <laughs> unsafe effect. right now. I'm feeling unsafe. <laughs> 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 well, today we're going to talk about the 2005 release, Railways of the World, and it's like, and its extended universe. And then afterwards, we're going to talk about what makes games fun forward. And we're going to define what that even means, but you'll have to wait for that. You'll have to wait till after the review. <laughs> um, Hint. It involves fun. It involves fun. What makes fun, yeah. Because it's not just what makes a game fun. It what's what makes it fun, <laughs> fun forward. Oh, right? wait, fun forward. I didn't. Yeah. I didn't do it in sync. I, I'm already messing up. Wow. <laughs> I'm already messing wow, up. Wow, this trio. I don't know if it's made to last. I don't know if it's no, if it's really gonna work. <laughs> well, we have we have a big podcast. So why don't we get right into game night? <laughs> So it was a lot of game night, a lot of big game night action that happened um, in the past week. And I'm going to actually go beyond the past week, you know, because I have, of course, games to report since mm-hmm. my last session here. But Candice, why don't you start? Uh, any interesting games you played on game night? Okay, uh, yes. So I've been out of town for a couple weeks and sick with COVID and the COVID. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, dun, dun, dun. So, you know, Thursday night with you, uh, Ben, Paul, <laughs> and my Matt, we played Railways with the Australian map expansion. That's right. Uh, and we'll talk about that. Yeah, we will. We will talk about that. But uh, beyond that, I hadn't had many game nights. Um, I was I attended the Gathering of the Friends. That's a big uh, wait, game of night. The friends, the gathering that's, of friends. That's like the game night. Yeah, and I had I played a lot of games there. I mean, we were so close to each other too, because you were there. That's up in like Buffalo, oh, Niagara, Niagara Falls, and I was yeah. in Cleveland, and I, I was just like a two and a half hour drive. I could have just, a game. That I know, been epic. but I would, I'm, not, I'm not, a, but I'm not, I'm, <laughs> I'm, but I'm not a friend. I can't but be gathered. A lot of cool games. Oh. Yeah, I will just mention one game that I played there. Um, 
I played Horseless Carriage, which is the <gasps> new Splatter game that's coming out in, you know, sometime this summer, hopefully. Yeah. Uh, it's supposed to ship out before Essen, so Ugh. it was really good. Uh, it was fresh and splattery. That's all I can You're say. You're embargoed, but I can just tell you right now, the smile on Candace's face is <laughs> it's big. Is wide. Yeah. It's wide. By yeah. the way, uh, you're you're all good with COVID. Everything is. You're I'm all, all. You're okay. I'm all good. I no, think the, the, the correct answer is like well, maybe. You're like <laughs> I might still be contagious. Honestly, like I feel like Thursday night, our game together, like being around people for the first time in a we while. We cured you. We like, cured really you. Really, I, I guess hanging out with Ben me. and myself is medicinal. Yeah, something like that. No, it was really good. But besides that, Friday night we played at Tom's. Uh, Paul and I played with Elder and Trey at Lorenzo. Mm. Yeah, that was a. It was an interesting game. Why was it interesting? Because like, uh, Candice wanted a a short two-hour game-ish, and Mm. we uh, we could not decide because everyone wanted to play something else. (laughs) It was Uh, a game to figure out. And and, and Lorenzo was the uh, was the compromise. Yeah, but what was really funny about it was I was going like, oh, this is just this how uh, Great Western Trail became our uh, our number one Mm -hmm. because like no one ever put Great Western Trail first. But most people put it pretty high. So like, oh, this is the game that defines us? Okay. (laughs) And so this is how Lorenzo uh, came on the board. I was like, oh, I haven't played this in a while. I really don't like this game. (laughs) Oh, really? You don't like it? You don't like it? No, it's one of those things where I think everyone in our uh, board game group really appreciates it. You know, uh, for what it is. For whatever reason, uh, I go like, oh, when people talk about things just being abstract, like all I really see is the abstract. Mm. you know like yeah. and that's just me and but yeah. we didn't play with the expansion uh, uh the i've never played with the expand i actually i've owned the expansion for like four years or mm. however long and i've never played with it so uh i i don't so when you say we didn't play with the expansion if that's like implying that the expansion elevates it i would not i don't know i think like the expansion has the the fifth tower which is actually more of a, a hodgepodge so i i was always disappointed with the fifth tower but like uh it does have that bidding in the beginning mm, and yes it, it, and that bidding was uh a welcome addition for me because I, i'm mm-hmm. so much Maybe more i did into- play with that once i think i did play with it and, once now that i think about it but you know for all of it like i i think everyone is very positive about lorenzo so yeah. me throwing just a tad bit of shade it's, it's gonna be okay did you, what about you candace i mean did you have your cha- feelings changed on lorenzo so i had only played once maybe three years ago at this point sometime pre-pandemic mm-hmm. so i don't know how many years ago it was but uh, uh jennifer taught it to me at strategicon and i liked it a lot i ended up buying it and then i sold it oh. and, I, and after playing it again i liked it but i'm no regrets that i sold it wow i, yeah. I mean I, I i think lorenzo is so fun but i don't play it very often because i think that my tastes have been changing a bit over the past like two years i think like you know <laughs> what i feel like uh, <laughs> I, I, I just do you think it's fun forward <laughs> i don't i think it's i think it is um you know what i let's come back to that okay. that's right that's right let's come back to that because we're gonna go i'm gonna i was like i feel the tangent brewing up inside of me and i'm gonna just like say no but i think lorenzo i think it's i think lorenzo is so much fun but i have I feel like my tastes have moved a little bit more towards um, ecosystemy games, which is a whole other topic that mm-hmm. we'll probably discuss another time. But um, I love Lorenzo. I think it's I think it's great. But it's it's weird. I it, it's just not one that I always 
go to first sure. but that's also because i'm probably also a slave to cult of the new and that's just my own well, those are my own issues so bad. yeah <laughs> so bad I, I will say that i think we we picked lorenzo because elder finally said lorenzo and we all go okay and, yeah and, and, and i think elder had his worst game ever of lorenzo really? <laughs> yeah, and he, he, was, he was just in this position where he could not like get over the hump of like oh my god i have to take uh i have to take favors the I have stakes to take were favors. made yeah, yeah. And, and, and there was a lot of like Oh, I should have. The only person who didn't do that was Trey. Who could, oh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, Trey's like, and he Trey's like a, he yeah, sees he the matrix us. of those games. That's it's right. crazy. He, he totally crushed us. It was like, there was no point in the game where he, I felt like he felt like he wasn't going to win. Like, there's yeah. like, he was even behind in the beginning, but it's like, yeah. I, I got this. I got this. Um, Paul, what about you? Any, uh, any, uh, you know, any. I, the two games I played this, uh, you know, three games. I played Avalon on Friday, which, you know. It's Avalon. It's Avalon. Uh, Lorenzo. I fooled with you guys, though, for a while. You fool- Did you win? That doesn't matter. I fooled you, so <laughs> I won. You. See, thank I, you. I, not I was bad, the same school. and they did not realize. They all. <laughs> they thought Elder was bad. <laughs> it was great. It was great. I was so proud of myself. It's so interesting because, like, you know, you had the same attitude of Lorenzo where he goes, like, oh, I was beating you most of the game until the end. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, 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 I was like, it's the Paul, Paul only beat me at the very end. Like, the <laughs> yeah. whole game, I was... Paul only beat me when... Crushing him. You know, when he won. Yeah. Not, 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 not the game, not the game. But, like, be, uh, uh, My score. That's right, that's right. Uh, but just at the end. And then a Crisis with you, Ben. And Yes. And, and I really enjoyed Crisis. And I found it very interesting that we played Lorenzo and Crisis this week because they're both, like, worker placement. I was, I was surprised you did not play Crisis on Friday night. I th- oh, oh, I think uh, I needed a ride from Trey. and uh, Oh, so you wanted to be in sync yeah, with him. Yeah. And he wanted to play with me. Yeah, uh, and that too. Yes, yes. Uh, but uh, but I had a really good time playing. And, and I'm not a big worker placement person. Mm-hmm. And so, like, uh, Crisis was, you know, it's all worker placement, effectively, right? Yeah, Crisis was the game that I had mentioned on an earlier podcast when I was, I said I was doing a show in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. There was a... There's a game store like a, bl- a block away mm-hmm. from the theater. I went in. I saw this game. I had my eye on. I've been wanting to get this game. I've been I've been thinking about it for a few years. So I brought it to game night. Uh, you and I play it as well as Tom, as well as Mike's son Joe. Yeah. And um, I had so much fun playing. It was great. I could not believe how fun it was. It was. You're right. It's. It is actually so. Like right down the middle in terms of like it's a work it's like as classic of a worker placement game as it is just like pure worker placement. Mm-hmm. But I feel like for me, what makes a, a worker placement game sing, and then this is what I think about with like barrage, is if every time you put a meeple down, you feel like you're giving up like like several super important things, <laughs> and you feel it in this game, and that's like the most fun way to have work well, replacement. I, I think Tom like was so impressed; he wants to review it. So like you know, yeah, uh, he so. turned to me. I think Thomas he even said he said you know when when you put this out on the table, I was like, uh, not sure about that. And then he was like, he said, I'm quite taken with this game. Mm-hmm. And then he uh, he was like, do you want to review it? So Tom and I are going to review it down the line. Mm-hmm. Um, and in fact, yes, Candace. I was just gonna say Tom did something dirty to Mike. <gasps> dirty during that what, game. What happened? I don't remember, do you remember what happened, Paul? I, I don't. Mike All of a sudden, noise? Mike was ticked. Was he? Because <laughs> of uh, something. Uh, like Tom took some worker uh, oh, from oh, yeah, him yeah, or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like we were playing Lorenzo on one of the uh, table, and then all of a sudden, Mike just. 
There was, was an very eruption. loud. There was uh, an eruption. There was very loud. It, it, Mike was in rare form uh, on Friday. Though. Oh, like, really? Well, it, it, he he was hilarious. But like you know, but there was a point in Avalon where I go, "Hey, Mike, are you good? I mean, are you bad?" And he goes, "Of course." And then, but but you saw you saw his face, and it just there was a wash of, over his face, like. Oh no! Yeah, I messed cause, up. Yeah, because <laughs> there's no advantage to lying if you're a good person. Yeah, he's like, he's, I messed up, and, and like, and, and it was right next to me and Trey, and we're going like, okay, I guess that's the, that just happened. <laughs> and so like, it, but, but what was he was real, in a state. What was really great though was like he kept on like I won't say larping but playing, and I was like <laughs> he he hit like this comedian pocket. Where every freaking thing he said, even though he was bad, was hilarious. <laughs> it was just so hilarious. Uh, Troy and I were just cracking up, and he just kind of projected that throughout the rest of the game night. And so, like when he lost his mind, like you know, oh, it, it was, it I was, wish I had seen that. It, it, was, it was it was great. It was great. Like we were just so fun, so fun. Well, it was funny because so Tom Tom liked the game so much that he was like, "Hey," because I wasn't able to go to game night. He's like can I borrow this game for game night? And I was like, sure. Like, so I have never, ever, ever, ever let someone borrow my board games. I was like, I've just never done it. It's like a weird control thing. I don't know. Like I, I have memories of like letting a friend borrow the Aladdin soundtrack and, and <laughs> it came back all scratched and I'm like, no, like certain things no. I'm just not, but I was like, you know what? Tom is like, Tom treats his games the way I do. Like, actually, I feel like across the board, our entire group is like very good about that. I was like, you know what? It's like really not. I was like, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. <laughs> he texts me on Saturday morning. He's like, hey, uh, just so you know, um, a meeple broke in Bond's hand. <laughs> I was oh, like, no! my worst night. I mean, obviously, it's like a meeple. Just a meeple. It's just but, a meeple. Yeah. It's lit- and he's like, Tom's going to glue it back together, which is actually so adorable if you think about Tom there, like just like gluing a meeple together. <laughs> it's so. Like, of course, like, you know, it's like, I know it's in good hands and everything, but it's like, you know, when you think about like, it'll be fine, Ben, it'll be fine. It's like something broke. No, yeah, I'm with you. I'm totally with you there. I'm very weird about letting people borrow yeah. my board games. I, yeah. And I'm the anxiety person. <laughs> no, I'm like, because I, I saw someone at a convention drip uh, snot from their nose on a player board and not notice and oh, clean I it up. Oh, I hate when that, that happens. Grossed me out and like I just think about yeah. So I have to like really feel good. But I also have to. The thing is this: like that meeple could have bro- like if I had brought the game. Yeah. There's the meeple could have broken all the same, but there's like some there's like some psychological feeling of like. I let the game out. I let my child out of my sight. Yeah. And this is what happened. Like, if it had happened under my, 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 my stewardship, it would be fine. But I was like, I'm just like telling myself, Ben, it's a meeple. Right, right. <laughs> but, but, but in the back of your head, like, you have this party that goes like, you knew better. You knew better. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. I'm like, you knew it. You, you, that's you it. flinched with your, with, yeah. your, with your, with your, with your, your, your morals and your ethics. Yeah. That's right. But anyway, like, just letting you know, I, I'm, I'm like I'm that weird too. Like I'm that. like that too. I'm trying to. I'm trying to be better. It's just they're just games. Yeah, they're just games, and it's like, like you know, if we're they're hidden information, games, they are like investment in fun and connection. Like you know, like you, a, you're gonna risk that. Oh my god, it's okay. Crisis <laughs> is a relatively rare game. There's nothing to worry about. That's right. Um, by the way, speaking of um, rare games, you know, one game I almost forgot to put on this list, but I'm seeing it right over your shoulder there, Paul. We played Forged in Steel. Um, this oh, yeah. Is, yeah. Um, we haven't talked about this in the podcast, but we have mentioned 
that I bought it, right? Because I bought it after Kansas, you and I, we played Urban Sprawl mm-hmm. and we're talking about city building games. And I mentioned this crazy game I had always read about. And then we talked ourselves into a frenzy and I bought it right then and there <laughs> yep, at your house yep. and arrived. And so uh, Paul and I, we got it to the table with our friend James, friend of the pod, James, and we played it. It is a wackadoodle game, <laughs> <laughs> but it was also incredibly fun, right? 100%, 100%. Yeah. I mean, it was... Um, it's really an interesting game. Mm-hmm. It's like you you're building a city. You're building Pueblo, Colorado, and and it's car As driven. Games do yes, <laughs> <laughs> but it's car driven. Um, and I feel like the reason why you knew it was like you knew the reason why you knew we were enjoying it was because every time you got your hand of cards, we we're all going whoa. Oh well, that's ridiculous. Whoa. Okay, now this because you have to discard down. Like, well, I can't get rid of this. Is way too important. And like every time we did a card refresh, we were all like, well, this is this game is broken. And it was, I mean, it was a lot of fun. It was. It's also a mean, chaotic game. Like. <laughs> It is a mean game, right, Paul? I I I thought so. I th- I thought like yeah, there was a point where you're setting up and you're going okay, blah blah, and then you're like, oh, space is limited, and now we're gonna just, oh, you want this point? No, no. no. <laughs> oh, oh, I'm intentionally gonna trip you, like in a way yeah. that like you see and you won't be able to stop. Wow. It, 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 it was it's, it's, great. it's like it has like intentional things where it's like burn down all the buildings your opponent spent like all around building like i had one point where um i like paul and james were they were sort of like going back and forth over like who is like over the lead and i was i was doing i was a terrible civic planner and i had like a decent like opening and then um i was way behind so i i came back and i built this lovely beautiful neighborhood i think actually like some would say one of the nicest neighborhoods in Pueblo, Colorado. And they both saw that as a huge threat. So they both came in and like burned it, like literally burned it down. Like there was a card that was like well, we, we realized, robbers. And- <laughs> yeah, we realized that uh, that part of town wasn't really forged in steel. <laughs> <laughs> so then it was like decimated. And then it came time for scoring. And they both got so many points. And I had like five points. And they're like, oh, I guess you weren't as much of a threat. And I was like, <laughs> but it's not necessarily a take that game it's just like you know you're you have a limited space so you're, you're just having to do stuff well it's also one of those games where there's actually so much take that that it's it's actually kind of all nullifies it yeah, right exactly. it's almost like when you play survive um escape from atlantis you ever play that game no, no. oh that, it's a like- very fun family game it's very it's a family game but it's very very fun and it's very take that like you're killing each other's meeples you're literally like dunking them in the ocean and they're eating getting eaten by sharks wow. and it's it's actually a very very you would love it candace okay, you would you absolutely it? love it i do let's add it to our carnival it's games. a it's like takes an hour tops it's a real but um but that's a game where like when there's sometimes if there's so much take that it's just then a take that like bonanza and like you get hit but you know just, that you're yeah. gonna be able to counter punch and that's actually how urban sprawl felt oh my right? goodness yeah I'm still debating if I'm going to revisit that or kind of just move on because there are just so many games, you know. I think we'll we'll do a Forge and Steel because I've, to me, Forge and Steel takes the urban sprawl madness and just like adds a layer of like more interesting stuff. Yeah, and I love that Forge and Steel is card driven too. It, yeah, the cards I'm are great. A sucker for card driven games. Yeah, the cards were great, and they're also historical. You actually mm-hmm. learn some yeah, stuff, yeah. <laughs> which is surprising. I like to learn. I, like, like I. I'm curious as to see is like 
like one of the things about Fortune Seal that we found great was that we were discovering it. Like we didn't know what the cards were going to do. So as they progressed, we were like, oh my God, not this. But is it like uh, once you know the cards then you're planning for stuff? That's, that's the only question I have. I'm sure. I, and I think that like this would be a this is a I think Fortune Seal will be a very hard game for certain players if they feel like they don't have a, a fair shot because they're planning something and then someone comes out with a card that's just like blah. And like if they if if you're going into this being like, I want to know everything and I want to I want to feel like I have a fair shot from the beginning and that like I'm like the decisions I'm making are, um, you know, uh, like rooted in in like an equal amount of awareness of the game state you're gonna just it's gonna be difficult for you because you're gonna just get like 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 jabs left and right that you're not expecting and you're (laughs) like oh okay so looking forward to trying it yeah that's a good one um for me um i've been playing tapestry on board game arena that phrase is i've been playing tapestry (laughs) as in um, okay let me rephrase it i've been enduring through (laughs) tapestry on board game arena i'm a participant in a game i am am being traumatized (laughs) (laughs) i've never played tapestry before and so um i decided to play it and uh that's it i'm sorry for those who backed it Anyway, <laughs> I don't, I, I don't get it. Let's just say, uh, politely, I'm bouncing off of it. I don't. It's not. It's not for me. Um, but for me, one of the real delights of the past few weeks is that um, I played 18 Ireland on 18xx.games with my friends Matt and Judy, who mm. are my fellow casual 18xx gamers. Nice. I didn't get the invite. Oh, yeah. well, you're, oh I'll you're invite not, you. You're not a casual friend, apparently. We're closer than that. Oh, I, I, yeah, there, there we go. Fair enough. <laughs> oh, I will invite you right after this podcast. Okay, yes. don't you worry. Um, 18 Ireland. We just sort of did it. And we're like, we're like, let's try this 18 Ireland. We sort of are always like, you know, sampling different you're, maps you're, on you're it. You're always game. Yeah. And we had so much fun playing. It was... This 18 Ireland is absolutely off the walls. It is crazy. <laughs> I don't know why it doesn't have a bigger reputation. Yeah, there's like no money the tiles are crazy they go in different directions there's like hostile takeovers like hostile takeovers so we were playing it when i was i was in texas at the end of our crappens tour and um like it was so addictive i was playing it literally right before i went up on stage i was like uh, and i was like tempted to almost take a turn on stage and when i went up on stage and when i came back Matt and Judy had done a hostile takeover and kicked me out of a company. I was oh. like, that is rude. Okay, I was I was busy, you know? Wow. So it was great. So I immediately went and bought it. And it should be arriving maybe even today. Cool. So, I'm it all worked it. out. Yeah. It's good to be it's good to be Ben. <laughs> <laughs> I highly recommend it. If people are H and XX curious or like, you know, I think get some a little bit of experience under your belt because the game is it's like got, it's got rough edges, but mm. it was a blast. Elbows and Sounds hand like it. Yeah, it was elbows and hand. I mean, that was it was. <laughs> I wish I wish you could. We'll we'll play. You'll see. There's so okay. many like cool. strange, crazy things. No money. It's just it's bonkers. So uh, I think that did you guys play any other games this week or I any other not. things that you were on well, your? Well, we played a game together. But I, I don't I'm know saving that for talk. Game on the yeah, Brain. Yeah, yeah, we'll talk about that. Okay, um, now let's just like move on to uh, let's move on to some news. Okay. Good evening, Mr. Mr. Let's go to press 
So uh, one thing that has gotten a lot of people excited, especially on this podcast, because this podcast is going through a very strong Uwe Rosenberg moment, in case you couldn't tell. (laughs) (laughs) In case you couldn't tell, um, Uwe Rosenberg has a brand new game that's coming out, like a big, I don't know if it's a big game or whatever, but it's called Orienburger Canal. Um, Candace, do you know anything about this? I read part of, uh, I think there was a designer diary on yeah. it. I read part of it. I'm not a big Uwe Rosenberg fan. Like, <gasps> Really? That, 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 that's, yeah. Like, what are your thoughts on Agricola? And are you playing? I've only played Agricola maybe twice. Uh-oh. I'm definitely curious to revisit it. Um, I have some friends that love it or diehard fans. I think it was like the farming just doesn't get me excited. And yeah. for some reason, that doesn't make me get excited to play the game even though i'm sure the game is it's actually know, not a farming excellent. game it's actually this is actually well, not a farming okay. game yeah 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 before but we continue what like usually... what i'm going to pantomime what candace and i are doing are fist bumping there's a little <laughs> fist bump because i am not the biggest uve fan i well. am a oh i'm a we're, down the middle we're friends we're friends now paul <laughs> <laughs> we finally made a connection that's right that's wait right. i have connection fomo <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I don't. I mean, I I like him as much as the next designer. I don't. I don't like worship at the altar Uve Rosenberg. But as you can see, I've got a cubby of. I've got five Uve games, and I've got Bonanza somewhere. So I have. I I have. I I enjoy. I enjoy his games, but I would not call myself a super fan or anything like that. You know. Um. So that's my way of saying that maybe this game might not be for me. It's only one to two players, also, and it's actually it's not farming. It's um it has to do with building a canal it looks very abstract it's sort of like you i did look through some of the the thing where it's like you're putting tiles down and making yeah. little bridges over them and it's interesting i mean i definitely think it's if, if you're an uve fan or you just are intrigued by new stuff like definitely check out the, the i'll check it out I'll yeah check, check out, out the designer diary on um on bgg just at the very least it's interesting you know totes and I'm also very impressed because it looks like it's a Spielworks game, and um, Spielworks yeah. has decided to incorporate non-gray colors in the game. I'm like, wow, are, what happened over there? <laughs> There's like a wheel on this that's like yellow with a blue border. I'm like, excuse me, Spielworks, <laughs> <laughs> what is happening? You know about colors now, so that's one thing. Um, uh, another piece of news is that there is a game called Anu Anunak. Key Anunaki, that's by Cranio Creations, uh, Kickstarter. The Kickstarter's canceled, guys. So oh. no, it no, it succeeded. Oh. It actually succeeded, but they succeeded they had ish- at failing. They succeeded, but it failed. They released a video. <laughs> 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 they released a video saying they couldn't do it the way they wanted. I honestly, I um, I tried to watch the video, but I was like in a public space, and I felt like oddly embarrassed by having this like. <laughs> Playing this video of like people say we are so sorry, our Kickstarter, we are issues. I don't know. It felt weird to play it in public, but um, uh, they they're having some sort of issues. The game involves minis. I think there was some production issue, and there's a lot of chatter on BGG that like actually it's about Kickstarter mismanagement, etc. So if you want to see that controversy unfold, that's on BGG. Um, I personally, Cranio Creations created one of my all-time favorite games, Barrage. But they also that Kickstarter was such a huge disaster that mm. I would just never back anything they ever do again. <laughs> to be honest, so I'm like, oh well, sorry, got canceled. But learn from Barrage, That's you know. Right. Everyone has a misstep. 
The, everyone gets one. <laughs> everyone gets one, but now they're at two. So, <laughs> um, the other piece of news, Candice, can you tell us about Sky Mines? Yeah, yeah. So I, don't, I, I just realized that it didn't come up in the past couple episodes, but um, Sky Mines is coming out later this year, and it is a new version of Mombasa, which everybody has been wanting a retheme of Mombasa because Mombasa is such a an awesome game. It might be my favorite Alexander Pfister. No, wow. oh, great Western Trail. Great but, Western then, great. but then Mombasa. Uh, Mombasa was just one of these games where I got excited as I was reading the rule book. And then when I taught it to a table where we were all new players, they were getting excited as I was teaching the game. And then as we played the game, I was excited. So I'm just a big fan of the game. But, you know, obviously there were issues with the blood diamond Like plundering there. Africa. We're yeah. Europeans plundering Africa. <laughs> not, not great. Um, but anyway, so Sky Mines is a new kind of futuristic. You're building, you're, you're mining on the moon now. <laughs> and there's, uh, you're trying to earn the most crypt coin, it's called. Um, which <laughs> works for you me. know how ridiculous that sounds right yeah. <laughs> not really i mean crypto i mean look cryptcoin when we have the staple centers now crypto oh, arena or whatever so Crypt- <laughs> right but uh yeah but the it, you know basically it is not just a straight reprint or a reskin um now the game board is double-sided so you can play like what is an identical version of the Mombasa gameplay with the new theme on side A, but then there are also like four or five different modules. I can't remember um, Mm. where there's a different side of the board and there are other different kind of event cards. And the, the second side of the board kind of changes up the map portion, which is like, yeah, new, new, a lot of like new variety, new strategies. Um, would love like something that scales a little bit better for two players because it's nice at two players, but like, it's not, it's a totally different game than yeah, four players. Yeah, yeah. And I actually have played Mombasa with two, and yeah, would agree with that. Um, they did have a copy of it at the gathering, and um, I didn't get a chance to play it, but I did see it on the table, and it, mm-hmm. it looked really nice. And uh, what I heard from someone who played it was like the they played the other side, um, you know, the board, and they were like, yeah, it's not like that much different, but it is a little, like it does change up the OG game a bit. So, yeah. Um, yeah, it's, so if you're a Mombasa fan, um, but couldn't get behind the theme, like yeah. Sky Mines, I would definitely love, check it out. I would love to upgrade my, my Mombasa game to mm-hmm. that because uh, the theme is, it does feel like, it was, it's like, it's it feels weird. It feels weird to like be really, like it's a, it's a great game and you have to be like, woo, let's go plunder Africa. Yeah. It feels like that's such a, that's a weighted, uh, weighted topic you know and like i remember when i first got it i was like really i really appreciated that he had included like a uh like a a strong paragraph that was like listen this is an abstraction and it's just you know like the the horrors that happen with colonialism are terrible and here's some reading you can do and so for me i was like okay i feel good about this but then after you know like 2020 i was like "Mm, i think we need more than like i don't i don't think that paragraph does it anymore you know I'm going to miss saying Max Banana, though. Oh, like, yeah. Max that was banana. like a whole thing, you know, for weeks. We were like, Max Bananas. <laughs> Max Bananas. I'm also excited to uh, to revisit it because Mombasa, I've always enjoyed, but I've never 
it's I always described it as a squirming baby. Like mm-hmm. like you pick it up and you're like trying to embrace this game, but like it's like it's all elbows and kicking and it doesn't want to be embraced because there's so many thing weird things that are happening that you like <laughs> it's hard to it's hard to like know, but like you're it's intriguing, you know? Oh, there is one other thing that's kind of different about the core game versus Mombasa. So in Mombasa where you're, you know, you have this crazy hand management thing happening where you have to put the cards you play above the player board yeah. and slots, the way you have to do it in Mombasa is like wherever you play those cards, they have to go above in the same slot. But now that's like an advanced variant. So I think you get the, you can kind of like, they made it a little easier so for can, people so you can put the cards above in whichever slot you want. Oh, interesting. So you sort of yeah. craft your discard yeah, pile Yeah, and I think they bit. made it a variant to make it be like, nope, you commit to that. How do you feel about that? Uh, we'll I see. think it's fine. Yeah, I think it's fine. I think yeah. it's fine. I, I, I love that whole card play thing and like the little bit of deck building you do with it. Um, but yeah, yeah, I'm going to get it. Yeah, me too. (laughs) I I absolutely will. And then I'll chuck my old Mombasa, you know. Um, Let's talk. I don't know. I I think you might keep it. And then like it'll be like one of those collector items. Yeah, that's like a collector item that I don't like. It can go in a museum. That could. That could. (laughs) (laughs) That's you know what they as they say. Um, So let us move on to games games on the brain. Games on the brain. These are games we like to play. These are games stuck on our brains, oh baby. Candice, do you have any games on the brain? I do. Of course you do. So, um, one of the worst things about getting COVID was that I had to miss GMT's Warehouse Weekend. Oh, I know. I I felt bad for you. That was like such a bummer for me because, you know, it's a first world problem, but... um, it was such a bummer because I'm so thirsty <laughs> slash obsessed with war games yeah. and learning them. And I don't have many people that I can play them with. So to me, like going there and getting to like play with those people, my people, yeah. and actually like like learn some of these games, which are seemingly complex if you're learning them on your own, but then... If you're being taught some of these games, it's like, oh, that's not that bad. But like kind of like getting through the rule book yourself and especially when you're trying to like figure it out on your own. Um, So anyway, I was like, I had some games lined up to learn for Mm -hmm. this uh, new series that I'm really excited about. It's not a new series. It's new to me. Um, But like, so it was just like, uh, I'm so sorry. But, but thank you. But it was really cool because uh, Mike Kananak got to go and he yes. um, brought back some games for me, which was really nice. Yeah. Um, Just yeah. remember, um, you know, when things like this happen, when you have to miss like a big important, important weekend and you're feeling very sad, you can always blame Paul. <laughs> well, I, I was thinking like, you know, you know, when things like this happen, we have to miss something you really uh, uh, you really want to do. Like, remember that, like. Time is linear and it only goes one direction, so you'll never get to experience it ever, <laughs> ever, <laughs> ever. And no, you, I'm going in October. It's going to oh, happen twice a year. Oh, okay, that's good. Twice a year, but uh, one thing in particular is like there's this this series called No Retreat, and it's a World War II series. I think there are like four different games and a couple more on the way, um, and it's really cool because they're hex encounter games, but they don't have a million 
counters. Like some of these heavier, big mm-hmm. World War II games like have a million different Little. counter units out there and you're trying to like wrap your head around which ones. But this these this series is known for its low counter density. So <laughs> so like you really kind of get the opportunity to be more like think more strategically because you're not trying to figure out like, oh, what am I doing with all these little right, chips, chips on the map? Yeah. And so I really love that. And the other thing I'm really excited about about the series, even though I have not played a game yet, I've just been kind of obsessively no. yes. learning and researching in the past couple weeks um but uh is that it's card assisted so Mm. it's not like card driven like something like twilight struggle but it's card assisted where you have cards that can be used for events but they can also be used for resources and Mm. other things and that that's neat it's so neat and that's the other reason i'm like really excited about um this series do you know what gmt should spearhead some sort of equivalent to h&xx.games because h&xx.games has been really great because it has um taken this very sort of niche category of games Mm -hmm. and made it very accessible and i think the way you talk about war games the way i feel like i talk about Mm 18xx and i feel like um it would be great if 18x if, if uh, GMT could come up with some sort of interface for some of these games that would really open up the audience for for this genre. So Vassal exists and mm-hmm. it's getting better. Like v- Vassal modules are getting better. But and better. those are not automated, right? Are they? They're not automated. Like there's some parts of it that are automated, like more automated than something like TTS would be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're not like BGA or 18xx yeah. games automated. I th- yeah, I think so. Some- yeah, I, I, I something yeah. that's like because actually like 18xx games is is like I think it's actually the best of all of the game websites. I think it just has a clean interface. Mm-hmm. It's fast and it's just like very even though it looks dry as hell, it's actually extremely user friendly. Mm-hmm. And I think that if we could get that for war games, yeah, it would just be wonderful. You know. I- I totally agree. And I also just think there we need like some better resources because I'm like, I'm someone who's like, like almost desperate to play some of these yeah. games. The only way I'm going to learn it is by playing them. Yes. And I just I have to find people to play with. I, I have I know some people to play with, but they don't live close by or they're like Jake who lives down the street, yeah. but isn't as obsessed with to, board games as me i need to like join in on this journey with you because i get you oh, in be, no because i i feel for you like i know that yeah, feeling and yeah. like i want to actually be someone i, get you. I yeah. think you're gonna enjoy it too i'm gonna start you with undaunted normandy and we'll oh go i would love there. to play that one undaunted is, is yeah. excellent yeah and and i think I, have, I can already tell that paul has fomo so bring paul into this journey as well because i can already tell he's sitting he very quietly though? is he ready he's whoa well look whoa. actually actually he is because you know uh paul and i you know about a year ago or so and change we had like really fantastic times with maria which is a good gateway yes war game. and i was thinking about that i was like you love maria so yeah yeah i love okay. maria all right so well we're gonna yeah, I'm we're gonna, gonna do it. We're gonna yeah, go down this path. I'm, I'm an enabler, so the other reason why the by the other reason why it'd be really good to have a website like this is because for 18xx games, the website is really good at teaching you some of the hinky rules in the game. Like, like, oh, I can't do that because there's there's some line in the rules, and and it's a really good way to sort of like fortify some of these rules. And that's why it's war games. I get the impression also have lots of hinky rules. Yes, and there are a couple games that are on BGA. 
So like they what? they have uh well they have Space Empires 4X which is on beta right now. Oh. Um but also there's a game that uh, I want to get called Unconditional Surrender. Um <laughs> <laughs> Wait, Unconditional Surrender. It, it is, is that funny like-, like just hearing those words come out of your mouth it, and the smile that comes from that like Unconditional Surrender. Big smile. I feel like that's I feel like that's like my life motto. Like yeah, I'm, I'm just going to unconditionally <gasps> surrender. <laughs> but I'm going to yeah, that is I'm really excited that that's on BGA um because I think that'll be a good way to learn it. Yeah. Paul, do you have any games on your brain? Uh, yes and no. Uh, so just like about maybe in March, uh, I got my car stolen. Right. Right. Uh, and uh, and then like like a week and a half or two weeks later, we found its husk. And uh, yeah, <laughs> oh, it was very I didn't sad. Get the yeah, yeah, it, oh. it was very sad. Like you know, it was a good car. It was, this is good. It, it was deserved good. better. It deserved better. Like you know, like the wife and I are like, oh, like you you deserve so much more. It deserved <laughs> it deserved to die with like. A transmission that flunked out, exactly, or a, like, you know, but, <laughs> a belt, or maybe even a fire. But like about <laughs> about a, maybe a month ago, we got a ticket in the mail, and apparently the people who stole it parked it in a place, and we oh. got a ticket. I what? can't even. <laughs> I can't even. Wow. So like, so we're going like, do we need to pay this? Like, we're trying to figure it out and whatever. Uh, but I would I, contest that. I, I was thinking like, oh, there should be like a like a game about parking enforcement <laughs> <laughs> oh, and you can make it like uh what's that dracula one where like it's it, like, fury of exactly or Dra- something that like like one person is trying to get out, out of the city but like there are all these parking for all meter maids <laughs> exactly <laughs> and so i was thinking about that i go like oh because because the one thing that really like, there are there are a few things that really just asymmetrically make me lose my mind it's like car trouble parking and medical stuff anything like you know like like oh, oh yeah it just makes me go insane but like i'm just thinking like how can i use that energy like oh is there a way to make a parking enforcement game i, I think actually I would, thought about that, that would be before, wonderful but m- oh. but more so like trying to find a parking space kind sure. of thing oh. but i have i have brainstormed some ideas yeah you know that. it's funny because i often think about like it'd be so fun to do a game about la traffic mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. trying to beat the traffic i wonder if you could bring it all together like you have to get to some place and find parking oh, and, and, yes. I, and I, I bet like you know the title just beat the traffic like it just says it all yeah because <laughs> i would love i think it would be so fun to have a game where you're trying to get someplace but somehow the game is operating in a way that everything that players do increases the traffic mm-hmm. which gets into like that ecosystemy thing sure, that sure. i like which it's not ecosystem is probably the wrong word but where there's some sort of like independent force in the game mm-hmm. that we as players as we do things we contribute to that force sure. which then affects all of us which is why mm-hmm. i like hegemony and mm-hmm. like various other sure. um um on the underground yeah, is sort sure. of like that mm-hmm. too like and it'd be really cool where we're trying to get someplace but as we do things we're putting more and more car meeples mm-hmm. on these highways yeah. and making it more congested and we're just trying to get to the best I, route and, and, and it, like you could start like right before rush hour and as every every turn is more rush hour so like well, yeah it's yeah. always like, rush hour not, in la though <laughs> <I know. laughs> like, beat the that, traffic coming to kickstarter you in have 2024 from 10 to 11 a.m and, and, and then you can you, you can you can franchise it right uh, beat the traffic la beat the traffic like you know san francisco uh, yeah uh, new york and then <laughs> new york you, and, and, and chicago and, and then you go like like bangkok 
or like or like Beijing oh, because snap. traffic there is crazy. Oh yeah, or like like someplace in India. Oh yeah, 100%. <laughs> or the UK where you drive on the wrong side of the road. Oh yeah, like or I, the I, other side of the road. We, we should make a like a website like 18xx, but like <laughs> no, I actually I love the idea. I love the idea of like somehow it's I, uh, maybe even be related to city building. So oh. as you build your city, you're creating more traffic, and like somehow it's like you're trying to navigate through the city. I don't know. I've, no. I've I think it would be so fun. But then if you add in the element that you also have to find a parking space. Oh, what, if, what, what, what if you do like hegemony where you got, you have a... Uh, I've thought about this. Where like a city, someone's building buildings, someone's doing, doing traffic. Yeah, yeah, I've, I've literally thought about this that where it's like everyone is a different like member of a city. Uh, like, a, like an urban planning kind ur- of thing. Yeah. Yeah. And like... I would, I would actually be, I would actually be so down for that game where like you are the one involved and like you're bringing in business, you're bringing in housing. Like I'm in charge of creating a subway that is functional and someone else is in charge of who knows town. what yeah. utilities yeah. like police or firefighting mm-hmm. or maybe just like tourism. Like that would literally Everybody's be like my dream part. game. Yeah. It'd be yeah. my dream game. So, well, you know, we should figure it out and make a Kickstarter. We'll call it Los Angeles, the game. That's right. There we go. Someone's in charge of, you know, paparazzi, like, flittering about. But, but that's on my mind, basically, like, trying to turn lemons into lemon... Uh, trying to turn lemon into less sour lemons. Yeah. <laughs> well, I did, I did just make some lemonade right before oh, this. So, yeah. yeah. Um, well, you know, by the way, speaking of traffic, actually, it's very appropriate. A good segue. Was, wow, yeah. That is a great... Uh, a game that's on my brain, and I know it's on Candace's brain too, mm-hmm. but um, I'm taking the lead on the brain on, the, on this part. Autobahn, which uh, I believe Tom talked about last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just came to Kickstarter, Fabio Lopiani, and I'm sorry, I forgot the other designer. I should have written it down ahead of time, but I apologize. Um, this game, uh, Candace and I played it on TTS last, last Sunday. Sunday. Yeah. I thought it was absolutely fantastic. I loved it. There's some there's some wonky things. There are like a few little quibbles I have where I'm like, that feels a little weird. But overall, I felt like every decision I made was utterly fascinating. And it was really cool. I mean, it ran really long for a two-player game. Yeah. Um, but it still like I felt tension yes. <laughs> even just with we actually played something a little wrong oh. once at the tr- the game end trigger we were supposed to have another like set of turns and we just sort of ended it once the last thing went out okay gotcha which gotcha still you destroyed me so it would not have <laughs> but yeah not- no, it was re- it was really good yeah and it was um uh like lots of player interaction lot- like, even with two players player interaction yeah. and it was just like the decisions were like deep and meaty and there was that ecosystemy thing where like, oh, I'm going to build this highway. And then you're like, oh, that'll be perfect for me to then send my truck down. And then your truck was in the way. And I was like, well. Well, you put your service station on my road, too. Yeah. There's like everything. It was one of those games where like <laughs> anything you do is going to cr- open up an opportunity for someone else. Mm-hmm. And like those games, I think, are actually very tricky to do. Sometimes they're like a little fragile. And it's hard to describe why they're fragile, but they just sometimes don't always work. But this one to me. I, I mean, I just, I, it was like every, it worked so well for me. Yeah. And then we had that whole thing where the, in the last era where the gold, uh, gold tracks or whatever, yeah, the gold Autobahn open mm-hmm. and we got new. Oh, also it's, it, we use cards to yep. take our actions, which that, that was, the action really, selection was really neat. Action selection was, was, I thought really amazing. Yeah. Um, there was, we, we met, actually we messed up another thing, which is that there is a card market and we made it a little oh, small. Yeah, so that was, probably like uh, that limited some of things. our options. Yeah. Um, and I do think the scoring is like a little weird. There's this thing where you basically, um, when you work on the Autobahn, you send a meeple to like a quote unquote, like an off, like a desk. 
And then like there's three seats on the desk. So then when a fourth person comes to sit at the desk, the first person on the desk goes up, gets promoted, like goes up to a lobby in an office building. (laughs) And there's elevators. And then from the lobby, you can get promoted up into a department. And like the departments are end games. They're the only scoring. That's the only scoring. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it's like, oh, that's cool. But what happened was we had a million meatballs <laughs> yeah, in that lobby. In the lobby, and that just, just never weird. got up, and you just get like two points per at it, the end of the game. It yeah, just, that, it felt it like kind of weird. It felt like ascending up into the lobby should have felt like a sort of a special thing, <laughs> and it was just sort of like we had a, like just all these people waiting in the lobby of this building. So that was weird. Yeah, but I but what I was saying with the, the gold tracks was that as soon as they opened up. I did not want to, and I'm thinking in my head, I'm like, I'm not laying tracks there first, and then Ben's going to get to unlock something yeah. else, which is going to give him a free bonus thing. So I feel like we had this whole kind of stalemate where neither this, one of us were yeah. were laying those tracks because we then didn't want to be the first one. And then as a result, we didn't really develop the Yellow Audubon very well, and then like I tried to make a mad dash to deliver something out of Berlin, and um, but I think that's probably a function of the two-player game, where it's like almost like zero-sum. Like, mm-hmm. If I do something, you're, gonna ta- you're specifically going to take that, whereas it's not going to get spread around right. to other players. So. Right. Um, and but by the way, uh, there's a mini expansion called Traffic that is associated <laughs> with it. <laughs> and the Traffic expansion is that when, as you play the game, um, as you as you develop um, as you develop the roads, the values of the cities that they're attached to go up, which is also very ecosystemy. Mm-hmm. And when this in the in the mini expansion, when the cities get to a certain hit a certain point in terms of value. It creates traffic, so you put all these little cars on the roads that block the trucks that you're trying to send through the autobahn to get to make deliveries. So there, that is actually a trafficy game. So I appreciate that. <laughs> We're very thematic here. We're all we God. We love traffic. That's right. This is so funny because it's like it's actually so funny with this podcast. The different combos uh, when we have different combos of people because like we've had we had a, a big run of like like. Agricola and talking about like farming and oh my god farming you could do this and that you know and then you actually Paul and I were like big up on hegemony we're talking mm-hmm. about societies and now here we are we're like guys what about traffic, traffic. <laughs> <laughs> that's the new that, that's where games are going to right now games are going to traffic the traffic games yeah. Traffic. Yeah. <laughs> traffic is like the movement for 2022 or maybe not the movement get it the movement nice but don't um, no, I'm really excited about it. I'm so excited about it. It's probably, I actually think it will be, if it comes out, I think it will probably be a top five game for me for this this year. I'm excited that you're going to get it because I don't think I am just because I need to slow down with my game purchases. You have too They're much just, game traffic. Just, yeah, I have a lot of game traffic right now that I'm dealing with. How many games do you have on your shelf that you haven't played yet? Uh, well, are you talking about the shelf in my house yeah. or in the garage? <laughs> <laughs> yes, the apparently. The shelves, yeah. Like. Um, I don't know. I don't know. But actually, the ones on my shelf on the non-war game side are mostly played right oh, now. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm doing like, like, pretty... Like, I know Ben has a, 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 a cubby I have of shame. A, I have a cubby. Well, no, a cubby of opportunity. Opportunity. That's yeah. what we're changing it to. It's a cubby of opportunity. <laughs> Um, real quickly, let's close out games on the brain real quickly. I know you're excited about this. So I want you to be able to talk about Thank it. Thank you. I was actually just thinking about it. I was like, am I going to get to say it? Of course you get <laughs> okay, to. I will be really quick. But basically, when I was at the gathering, the first night I walked by a table of four people playing a really, really, really cool looking game. And I was like, what is... <gasps> 
It was Feudum. Mm. Feudum. Feudum is a game that I knew about. I was always intrigued by the artwork, but then I kind of just heard it was just super complicated. And I think I like listened to the heavy cardboard review yeah. of it at some point. I was like, oh, this just sounds too complex. I don't want to be bothered. So I didn't. But then I saw it and I couldn't stop thinking about Love it. Love hearts sight. in your eyes. I had hearts in my eyes. I immediately like was up in my hotel room watching videos, reviews, yeah. reading about it. And I have just been so excited and um, I just got it recently. Yeah. And I already, I have plans with some people to start like kind of getting it into a regular rotation because I know this is like one of those games where you can't just like the the first two games, maybe three might it's be learning. learning games because yeah. it's kind of sandboxy. But from what I hear and I'm like reading about the system and like the cube economy and it, it yeah. just it sounds really, really cool. And I want to understand it and I want to experience it and kind mm. of like take that time to play it a bunch and Kind of then, you know, and that's kind of going back to like what Matt was saying last week with, you know, after he's been playing wanna, Agricola a hundred times and how your your opinion. You want to experience yeah. the layers and like yes. if it's always a learning game, it's hard. I personally am like a little upset that you are falling in love with or getting obsessed with Feudum because I feel like there was <laughs> this window for the past four weeks where you were like obsessed Arc with right. Arkwright. <laughs> And I wasn't, I wasn't able, I was, I was, I had a very like travel heavy, like four weeks and I was like, I'm going to miss the window. And I feel like now Feudum is the new window and we never got to play Big no, Pappy no. Arkwright. We're, we're, Big Pappy Arkwright is happening this month. Okay. Like for real, for real. I, it's like makes me, I'm like, I'm like, don't forget about like, don't forget about Arkwright. Let's, you know, like, let's and not. Let's not make Arkwright no, 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 the like, Gretchen like, Mall, like, like what, you know. What you have to guys have to see is like right now Ben's arms are crossed. I'm crossed. <laughs> I am angry. I am he's angry. Like, he's, just so you know, I'm happy for your. I'm happy for your cutie, but <laughs> I don't want Arkwright to become something that was hot for a moment and then forgotten about. Okay, it will not be the Lord. It will not be the. And honestly, like someone, one of the like reviews that I've seen of Feudum is somebody who's a big fan of Arkwright. And that kind of came into play uh, because of, I think, some of the complex economics. But like what I'm hearing from the people that get me excited about it is like, oh, this this was hard and this was like maybe unnecessary. But it's amazing. Like yeah. once you get past it, it's not that crazy. You know. Yeah, I think everything so that I'm, I've heard about it. The reason yeah. why I was not interested is that it's like needlessly complicated, and um, it's just it's just like a lot. But yeah, I can also imagine with the right group, you know, you can sort of push past that and get to the good stuff. So yeah. you can get to the juice that's worth the squeeze. So you know? I'm on a mission. Yeah. To Squeeze it into some, you know, <laughs> more lemonade. mint lemonade. We can stop, stop the analogies right now. <laughs> Squeeze uh, it in some traffic. But no, we're, we're going to do Arkwright. Will there be car? Will there be a traffic jam in Feudum? Can we design? Right. It, the, the fruit there is so be. good. It'll be a jam of traffic. <laughs> traffic. It'll be like the. It'll be like the the one thirty four, a highway that moves generally pretty well. <laughs> <laughs> you know, as opposed to the 405. Ooh, that's a whole series of traffic games, like LA freeways. Oh, yeah. Oh, I would. Like I mean, I'm telling you. The 134. I feel like the 405, if you get across the, if you get across the 405 or you get from like LAX to like 
you know, Northridge or something on the 405, you get like huge points. Like, you know, yeah. like Ben has a Ben has a lot of strong opinions about LA neighborhoods and, and I traffic. do. I have uh, I have I have opinions about neighborhoods and highways. Uh, I mean, I have opinions on really any stupid thing. That's like, right. really, it's just like you know what about? Let me tell you something about stop signs. You know. <laughs> <laughs> um, by the way, speaking of you know connections and distances and and traveling, why don't we uh, why don't we talk about our game, our re- big review? Oh okay? wow! Like, wow. Like, we what should take a, a nice... we should take a train. Uh, 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 we a should railway. take the re- let's let's hop on the review train, shall we? <laughs> 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 Do you like that? The, that the review train here. That was good. It's the shuffle. Uh, what we need is a little, like, uh, uh, like a train whistle. Because <laughs> I'm leaving on the midnight train to a game review. We are now a transportation game review podcast. Oh, my goodness. That actually makes me excited. <laughs> we're, we're, we're thematic. We are thematic. So today we are talking about Railways of the World, which is uh, published by Eagle Griffin and designed by Martin Wallace and Glenn Drover. Uh, art by Kurt Miller, Paul Niemeyer, and David Oram. At least that's what is stated on BGG. I don't know if that's true for all the maps, but that's what's on BGG. Uh, it plays two to six players, depending on the map that you play. And the weight is 3.02. So let me tell everyone about Railways of the World. It's a route-building tile placement, pickup and deliver game, sort of just more like the deliver game than more pickup, but it's a deliver game Yeah, where players are creating railways across a map um, to connect cities and to sort of encourage commerce amongst those cities. So on your turn, you can lay down track, you can deliver goods across those tracks, you can upgrade your train to make longer deliveries, and you can urbanize cities to adjust the demand on the map for certain goods. And you can select a railroad operations card, which will give you a special power. Um, and uh, the way this all looks, the way this all comes together is that um, we have a bunch of cubes that are strewn across the board of different colors, randomly placed. And each city is going to have a certain number of cubes on it. Those are the things that we are delivering to the other cities. And then once... Um, as you deliver these cubes, you get points. And the more points you get, that's going to affect your income that you get during the game. And essentially, as we deliver cubes out of cities to other cities, cities empty out. And once we have a certain number of empty cities, the game comes to its game end phase. And whoever has the most points wins. Well said. Thank you very much. I mean, it's actually, the truth is, it's actually a very simple game. It's basically like build build tracks, deliver deliver stuff, Make money, upgrade your upgrade your stuff, and you know just try to like edge out your components, right? Oh, I mean, um, opponents. Components. Not- <laughs> <laughs> you're competing with your own components, and, and, and if you don't like them, you'll break them. <laughs> <laughs> um, so first, let's talk about the presentation of this game. Uh, first of all, I don't think you guys got to see the rule book. Did you? Did you guys get to eyeball the rule book? No, no. But but I, I think you're on your you're on your soapbox. So go for it. No, it's actually not a big soapbox. <laughs> It's not a big soapbox, but I was going to say the. Uh, I always like to touch on the rule book. Uh, the Railways of the World rule book is kind of an experience unto itself because there's like multiple rule books to the point where they had to come out with like a compendium in 2019. Mm-hmm. So that is like, it can be kind of frustrating. I think that people going into this game should know there's like sort of ambiguities with how we, there's a, there's a, 
we, we start the game with a whole bunch of cards on the table. And sometimes there's ambiguities about like how many cards or do these cards come out? Do those cards come out? So I just want people to be warned. Like you may get a little confused by the setup as written in the rule book, but there's a lot of good online resources. So that's, that's really my only major note from that. But like, otherwise the rule book is more or less fine. I would say it's a pre- again, it's not a very, the rules are pretty simple in the game, no, right? It's a, like it's a, it's a clean operational train game. Yeah, yeah. That's so. Like, yeah. if you've ever played uh, uh, any train delivery type thing that is operational heavy, like you know, mm-hmm. I, this would fit within that. You will, you'll not have a problem understanding what's happening. And and I actually neglected to say that this is actually very important. Well, it's not really that important in life, but it's like important in the context of this review that. Um, this is sort of like the descendant of Age of Steam. Mm-hmm. Martin Wallace was one of the designers of Age of Steam, and then he he designed a game called Steam, and then he did this, which was originally called Railroad Tycoon. It was actually a tie-in with the with the video game, mm. and then it just became Railways of the World. I think when they lost their mm. license or something like that. But this was actually a video game adaptation, oh. which mm. is actually really cool if you think yeah. about it. And I don't like know the history of it, but. Um, Glenn Drover is involved, mm-hmm. and he's the designer of Raccoon Tycoon. Oh, is he? Which is kind of even more family level. You're not building any, but I, I definitely noticed some similarities. Yeah, with the uh, Baron cards, and I was like, oh, this is reminding me of Raccoon Tycoon. So. Yeah, the games have all like Steam is actually a game. I think you can. I have it on Mac um, on my iPhone, I believe. I think you can still get. It. I don't know if it's still available or not, but like. Age of Steam, Steam Railways the World, they like they have the same DNA. Like if you mm. play one of those games, you will understand a lot of the core tenets of this one. Um, I think in terms of components, I mean, I think one thing that has to be discussed, and one way that this game is vastly different than like Age of Steam, is the map. The maps can be enormous, and they're bright, and they're colorful, and they are just like <laughs> they compared to like the Age of Steam maps, which are just like you know. Yeah, here's a here's some hexes you know (laughs) what do you guys think about the map do you think Uh, too much or is it well it's you know like i have if how should i say the best way in order to talk about the maps properly i have to talk about the minis sure Uh, talk about it all uh because uh if you play age of steam like you know here you have your little cardboards and you and, and that's all it is uh, in this game, uh, you have your trains that are your markers, and then you have basically once you empty out a a, a, a city, uh, you put this extraordinarily large piece of plastic to designate <laughs> that the uh, that the town is empty, like unnecessarily large. At, I love you, it. At, 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 at first look, you're like going like they, you know, like this is not the best use of. You know, like former dinosaurs. You're like big like, oil know, rigs, and like it's like it's like it's like water towers, and yeah, it's like someone it's like, like someone did this as a joke. Like, it felt like, like really, because because <laughs> they just sit there and they're just really like okay, but you know, at the end of the game, uh, you go like, oh, I see this. Like it feels like you've done something when you have like 13 or whatever pieces of plastic on there in this huge map. You go like, oh, I feel like this is a good resolution for mm-hmm. uh for what has transpired yeah. and so you know like in the you know like the, the trains are very intricate and big and in my mind chunky. uh yeah with chunky chunky yeah, yeah. Like, chunky and, like, plastic. like is this really like like normally a, a wooden disc would be fine but like but you just <laughs> put it all together you go like okay it makes sense like it like 
like you know scene per scene like turn per turn you're like this might be a bit egregious but like when you put it all out together at least for me i was like oh like at the end of our game i was going oh like you know this feels good like you feel like you've done something yeah I, what, what did you think? I was Candace? just gonna say I I loved it too. Like when I couldn't believe how big it was, and you, <laughs> you know, and you showed us some of the other maps because we played the the three played of Australia. us with Matt played Australia, the new one, and yeah, it's massive. <laughs> it's massive, and, and you have a big table. We played yeah, Twilight Imperium on that with table. Six players. And this yeah. is like maybe it, bigger. Yeah, it's big, <laughs> um, but yeah, I. I honestly like love those water towers and everything. And I love like as we were kind of building out the map, you know, it's one of those games where it starts with nothing and we're building these links and, you know, just growing the map. And yeah, you mm-hmm. feel like we've kind of accomplished something. But yeah, I I agree. They're probably not necessary to have these giant towers, but it looked really cool and it was fun. And, and yeah, I, I have this thought like, like, oh, the map is so big. Because you, it's like they start out with these plastic pieces, and they go, "Okay, we're th- this is non-negotiable." Yeah, <laughs> well, I think it's more of like a family game. Also, I think the fact that it was a, it was a adaptation from a video game, they wanted to to make this inviting oh, for people who sure, are maybe sure. not like, hobbyists. We couldn't have a tiny map because we want these giant <laughs> plastic minis. So, so we go. We have so to keep scaling. You, up you the understand map. the map is going to be four times the size of any other, yes. crane, and you go like, "Okay, that's what we're doing." <laughs> Yeah, I mean, uh, and the thing is that the tiles that you're putting down are not, like, crazy size. They're actually sort of smaller. Yeah. It's just that, like, everything kind of scale. It just starts yeah. to get bigger and bigger. And I actually think that the trains, when you put the trains down to claim your link that you just built, they do seem excessive. But the truth is that later on, as the game, as the board gets more crowded, mm-hmm. especially there are smaller maps. Mm-hmm. Not everything is as big as the Australia map. There are like we looked at the Portugal map, which is like Ooh, a fraction really of the size. Yeah. And then the Europe, the 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 map, the like railways of Europe is more almost like a normal size board. But like as these maps can get very congested, it's actually really helpful when you're counting links that you just count your trains. You look yeah. for your count, you count like, okay, blue train, blue train, blue train, maybe there's a yellow train, you know, like you just count the plastic. It actually does functional, have a functional. little bit more functionality yeah. than you might realize at first. Mm-hmm. The water towers, not so much. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> the water towers are, but it's also like one of these games where at the end you can sit back and you can look at what the, the no. this yeah. world that you created. I like, like, I like, 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 you know, uh, there is a contingent of our, board game group to say that about Agricola. It doesn't matter how, you know, you did. Like, at the end of the game... You see your farm there. Blah, 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 <laughs> and I'm going like, okay. <laughs> okay oh, sure, sure. I, I, like, I, like, it's like uh, when people, runners, talk about... Uh, what you call it? The the runner's high. high yeah. I, they, oh yeah, after like mile eighteen, you just get hit this high. I don't. Know, I have never felt <laughs> anything close to. I high. felt the runner's low. Yeah, like I, I, <laughs> uh, every single time. Yeah, right. I, 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 yeah, so so yeah. So but maybe I haven't gotten that with a Greek level. Like like here, you just see like oh, it feels quite. And I imagine it's because if this is more of a family game, like you know, you want it's more accessible to people who are younger. I think. I think when you play uh, Age of Steam. You're not exactly going like, oh, hey, 15 year old or hey, 12 year old, you know, let, let, do this, you know, like, uh, so mm-hmm. you, I guess older people are okay with like abstract car, uh, pieces of wood. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's inviting. And um, I, you know, I have That's this, the word, inviting. yeah. And uh, I, I have this thing for me, like, I, I, when I look at um, city building games <clears throat> and um, like 
rail network kind of games i do have a moment at the end where i kind of look at it and i kind of imagine like imagine living in that city or imagine taking this subway or Mm -hmm. taking this train and i met especially with on the underground which which trey paul and i played a few weeks ago and you create these crazy subways and i imagine like what would it be like to ride the subway you have to transfer here and go here i don't know i I somehow Mm. like it like it 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 stokes my imagination in a big way and so i think when you see something like this these railways, you know, sprawling across a giant board. It's just, it's, it's really, really cool. Yeah. I was thinking about Paul living in what Alice, what is it called? Alice Springs. Uh, <laughs> Alice Springs. Like, uh, like I, I've come to realize that if any game takes place in Australia, like I, it always gets like a, a, a bonus, like, you know, a bonus for me. Like, and it's, it's one of those things. Like I used to live in Australia for about four years and, uh, we played, uh, uh, which is the 18FX. 1848 Australia, yeah, uh, which is going to be uh, mm-hmm. an upcoming review. This will be like a we're doing an Australia series. Yep. Yeah, exactly. the three of us. <laughs> yeah, so so this will be this is, this is the Australia, you know, uh, really at the world. Anyway, uh, anytime there's just a plus. I've only lived there for you. I'm not Australian, but like there's always such a like there's a song like you know I always call Australia home, and mm-hmm. so every time. Some board comes on uh, on the page, you know, on the t- on the table in Australia. I just smile. Mm. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's very sweet, and which is very off brand for me. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think that the the presentation, I think, is just it's it's just fun. It's a yeah. fun fun yeah. presentation. Um, now let's get into the actual gameplay here. Um, you know, so I mean, what were some of the um, like what? What do you think about the, the 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 route building? How did you? Was that like? Did you feel like that was? What 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 did you think about that? I the, the decisions that went I, into it. Et yeah, I thought it's you know again easy rules, but very hard uh, strategy wise. Mm-hmm. You know, I had a lot of turns where I was just. Well, first of all, we we, we have to talk about the money too, but yeah, it's um, all intertwined. <laughs> yeah, well, I I had a, a lot of moments where I was first player. I think I was first player on the very first turn, um, but I'm just looking and I'm like, where do I even want to go and start building links from? Because you have these different types of terrain, and some of the different types of terrain cost more money, mm-hmm. and money is a thing in this game. As in, there is no there money. There is no money. We start with <laughs> there's no only money. Debt. There's only oh, there's, no, there's there's debt only, income. Debt income. Debt income, yeah. Yeah. So You, look, you literally start with, with no money in this game, and the only way you can start to get money as you have to take on bonds mm-hmm. and uh, you never, they're not loans, they're bonds and you never get rid of them and you pay interest on those bonds for the Every rest time. Yep, of the rest your of the game and, and you lose points. And the first, and the first thing you do is you bid for chart <laughs> order. So right. like you have no money and it goes, I'm bidding $1. <laughs> and I will say, by the way, it is really important to know that those bonds count as like each bond is minus one point at the end of the game mm-hmm. because we played with Dimitri and I forgot that rule till mid game and Dimitri had taken out like 22 bonds. Oops. And I was like, Dimitri, I'm going to tell you something now that oh. you're not going to enjoy, but I just remembered a rule and needless to say that moment did not unfurl very well. <laughs> <laughs> was a table flipped? Was Basically. Table? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so when you're kind of number one, like thinking about the money you're spilling, sp- spilling, spending to uh, create a path, you're thinking about some of these goals. If you have a certain connection, 
Um, you're also worrying about trying to get to things before other people because there are some kind of uh, objectives, public mm-hmm. objectives that we're all kind of racing for. Um, there's a lot to think about. And then you're also looking at the map of where these different color cubes came out and just trying to think what's an optimal way to start building, you know, place to start building from Mm -hmm. tough decisions. Yeah. But I will say like all decisions, your actions that you have, they're pretty straightforward. You're either going to build a track. You're either going to, uh, take a card. You're going to, uh, Deliver something. Deliver something. Deliver one uh, good. It, it, what else? I mean, what else am I missing? Oh, you can up. You upgrade can upgrade your a city. Train. Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, upgrade up. city. Upgrade your train. Yeah, yeah. upgrade no, your train. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, and, and that's it. Yeah. And so, like, and I've always been very, very happy when a game has some depth and minimal choices, mm-hmm. because like uh, each choice means something, and uh, and there are ramifications. Like, I, I'm, I'm not always the biggest fan of games that give you a a large variety of choices and then like you know and then the, the tree is just not something the decision tree is not something that is as interesting to me it's more like a like a bush a decision bush all in a decision bush, bush. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 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 can't get this out of my this image is, out of my head right now the decision is, bush this, so many, so many images in my head right yeah. now. Yeah, <laughs> thanks, Paul. Uh, you're welcome. You're welcome. But like, but yeah, no, I, I think uh, I think it's all pre- pretty great. Like, you know, some of the things that uh, what's the word? And, and we're still on the bush. <laughs> I'm like, that's I'm like, gotta I'm, be a I'm member afraid. segment. Games uh, with the best decision, decision bushes. <laughs> Uh, but I, I've always I, like in, in this game. I appreciate the streamlineness of it. Like everything is simple, <laughs> you know. Like the, the it, things aren't easy, but like and as far as uh, their ramifications, but it's it's simple. Like you know, yeah. uh, you, you know, like collecting money. You know, you you have three turns, rounds, whatever you want to call them. Like it, yeah, yeah, it, and, uh, yeah, and even getting cards. It's like. You can just take a card. You don't have to buy cards or anything. This card There's costs nothing. more than that. Nothing. It's just but like the giving, action is take a card. But, but like the, it's not. It's more than that because yeah, it's, it is an action. Than, and yeah. it, and like it was funny when I was prepping for this episode. A lot of times the way I like to structure the reviews is I like to highlight some of the big sort of um, like uh, like me- mechanics in the game. And as I was doing this, I was like. The mechanics are not, yeah. they're not sexy. There's nothing interesting like, ooh, it's really cool that this game, when you do this, it does this, da, da, da. It's literally just like, you're just putting stuff yeah. on a map. But the way it is, it works together mm-hmm. is what is, I think, the, the standout of this game. Because mm-hmm. ultimately, everything you do is at the cost of not doing something else. There's like always, mm-hmm. it's a battle of priorities because... Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, I need to deliver this good right now because if I deliver this, my income is going to be up and the next round I'll have enough money to maybe upgrade my train or do something like that. But if I deliver that, there's a good chance that someone is going to build this route that I need and like that, if I don't do that now, I'm going to have to spend a lot more money because I'll have to send my route through the mountains or something. Or maybe I need that card. Like that yeah, card is so important for me. Cards. The cards are really good. And so you're constantly battling because it's also sometimes building root is important because there's some real juicy cubes that you want to get to mm-hmm. and you, you, everything's remarkably juicy very yeah. everything <laughs> is juicy. and actually what's cool is the way things become 
juicy based on the way the players build the map. Mm-hmm. Because when you start, there's some stuff you're like, oh, well, that, whatever. That's like, mm-hmm. off. and then like as you build your network, you're realizing, wait a second, I'm building a little network that mm-hmm. moves everything down to this one city. So if I can connect that city that I used to not care about, I can like, then if I upgrade my train, I could do a forward delivery and then I'll, all of a sudden I have this pipeline yeah. to bring everything down to like Adelaide or something, mm-hmm. you know? And like, I think it's really cool that the map state which at first begins almost abstract, just like mm-hmm. cubes on a map, comes to life as we bring it to life and we shape its identity. Yeah. And you there's know? like certain cards that'll bring more cubes out and change things. Like that was one of my, I've only played Age of Steam once and I think I played like an unusual map, the Sahara one. Um, so I don't have a lot of Age of Steam experience, but I kind of just walked away from this game feeling really excited about it for all the mm-hmm. things we just talked about, how easy the rules are, but there's like there's a lot of really good player interaction, a lot of really good choices. And I, I love what the cards add mm-hmm. to the game. Yeah. Uh, that was just like, this is great. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think that probably some people would have an issue with the fact that like you're at, you know, beholden to the flop, right? But that's why we have a we have an Big. auction. Yeah. There's an auction that starts off the game and there's so we did the base game auction which is basically um you pay like you just raise and raise and raise until you drop out and then whoever pays the most is player one and then we just go counterclockwise counter, we just yeah we're clockwise from or, or sorry, whatever yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you can also there is a variant where you um like as you drop out you pay half your bid and then that's like the first one to drop out is fourth in player order etc paul do you have any thoughts on this like opening auction? Do you think this is an area that could be improved or do you think it works? Uh, I think it depends on what you're going for. I am a person who probably prefer the variant that, mm-hmm. uh, because I'm a big Age of Steam person. But for simplicity, like, you know, like, like l- l- let me put it to you uh, a different way. Uh, if you just go highest person, you know, takes it, spends it, and everyone else just goes in turn order, what you're doing that for is for speed and ease. Uh, the the negative about that is like, what if you're uh, to the right of someone who always wants to go first? Mm-hmm. Then you're always going to go last. That person who always wants to go first is probably going to lose. And you may be just giving the person on the left of that person the win because mm-hmm. they pay nothing and they have the second best choice all the time. Mm-hmm. So like, so the, the way to combat that is to add a, sl- a little bit of complexion complexity complexion whatever <laughs> uh like where you know like we do the variant where There's like something uh everyone has a little skin in the auction everyone's gonna lose a little bit uh mm-hmm. if necessary and to me that makes it a little more competitive what it does do is at with that level of complexion it how should i say it goes against the streamlineness of mm. what this game offers yeah. So mm-hmm. it, it, it's really a matter of like what your taste is. Yeah. Like uh, I feel like the second way it's a little more. I don't. I. I don't want to use this word, but I will. Like skill based, mm-hmm. because now you have to, you're adding another skill, and that is like you know, uh, bidding, pushing people to bid, and you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I think with non gamer friends, I would introduce this game to. I would probably stick to the way we did it, where it's just like you know, simple, first player, the mm-hmm. simple way. But if I'm playing with gamers, you know, yeah. people who like Age of Steam or 18xx, then I would probably say let's mm. let's do this because yeah, for all the reasons Paul just said. Yeah, I personally well, are, are you saying I'm a genius? No, I'm saying we're fr- <laughs> we're friends today, Paul. Today, <laughs> that's the operative word, everyone. Today, <laughs> I have to say, I mean, I've I've I mean, I've, so I've played this game 
countless times. I I have almost every map for this whole mm-hmm. system. I'm like a huge Railways of the World fan. You're the one who brought this. You know, you, you were we were our group generally at the Age of Steam group, and yeah, you, and you. Were I like, was scared. I was a little scared to bring it to the group because I know <laughs> that this group is such a big Age of Steam, you know, group that I was just like. I don't know if people are really going to be open to it. I really was concerned that like it would be, it, it would not be well received. Um, but I just felt I, I brought it because it just was like, you know what? I've just come back from this like crazy tour and um, you know, it's railways. Of the world is now on BGA. And I know this is a game that would be fun to play on BGA. And so I kind of want to teach people it and I don't want people to learn it from BGA. Cause I want people to have like the best you know, like the yeah. best experience with it mm-hmm. first in person. Mm-hmm. So that's why I brought it around. And in the first game you brought up, there was a table flip. <laughs> there was a table flip. <laughs> it really worked out well. It was Mission like, I'm, I was like I'm, I'm like, I've been waiting a month to play a bo- like a big chunky board game. And I was like, well, that happened. But, um, <laughs> but either way though, um, why was I going on this monologue about this? We're talking about, uh, oh, the, so the auction. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that what I like is that you can just sort of, I, I still don't know why I went on that, that tangent about, Bring it to the group, but because it need to be said. Oh, I was gonna say that. Oh, because I played <laughs> because I played it. I played it many times, and I personally have never had an issue with the simple auction mm-hmm. because I I feel like really where the the heart of this game is is on the board, and the auction is just sort of like if you want something really badly, you're gonna have to pay for it with the auction. Um, but I also think the auction is really fun. Like I. I I'm totally open to doing the more intense auction, but I'm just saying, I I think the Mm -hmm. the basic auction works perfectly nicely. And, um, and I do, I really, I really love that constant balancing of priorities in this game. Mm -hmm. I feel like this game has way more depth than it looks like. Mm -hmm. It looks like it's just a simple thing, but every decision has a huge impact. And also timing, going back to the money thing, timing your money is really hard because Mm -hmm. The bond, the whole thing with the bonds is really clever. I mean, you can just get money wherever you want, but like it's going to cut into your income. And there are times where you say, I need to upgrade my train because if I can upgrade to like a three train, I can deliver my goods over three links, you know? And I think, oh, but if, if I, I kind of want to wait one more income round so I can not take such a hit with the bonds. But if I wait that one income <laughs> round, I am falling behind the tempo. I think it's great like that. Or you, or you could be like me and take the uh, end game goal, the Baron card that says you must be the player with the least amount of bonds and you'll get six points. And at the beginning of the game, I got off to a terrible start because I had the most bonds for a while. But I was I was doing really well. And the whole game... Ben is tied for me with bonds, and my goal does not work with ties. <laughs> I was, I and I'm like, so close why isn't he another taking one. another one? <laughs> I came so close to getting another one. Um, another thing, so another thing you can do in this game is you can urbanize, which is there. There are a bunch of these gray cities that you can't deliver to because there's no gray cubes. So you have to. I don't know if we really articulated this, but the cities have different colors. So if you have a red cube, red cubes you want to deliver to red cities purple cubes to purple cities, et cetera. So the gray, the gray cities have no color, but as an action, you can upgrade them. Um, what did you, what do you guys think about that whole urbanize uh, feature in the game? I mean, uh, as an age of steam person, like, you know, it's a, it's a core. Mm-hmm. And so uh, it was great. You know, like it, it worked really well. Like there was no real bump for me. Yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, I liked it. It was just really expensive, and I didn't realize there was a card out there where I could have done it for free at yeah. some point, and then Matt took that card, and I was like, no! Sometimes I think, I will say that sometimes I think it's maybe slightly too expensive, because mm-hmm. it's just an action that I think is a really cool one, and I see it I see it get, getting used in games, and there are some games I've played where it gets used a lot, because it's it's it can also be an aggressive move, because mm-hmm. it can short-circuit someone's like long Thing. I won't explain why, but it can be a short circuiting device. But I almost wish, I almost feel like sometimes people don't take that action early in the game because it's expensive and then they kind of forget it a little bit. And I think it's an important action. And I almost wish there was like maybe 5,000 instead of 10,000. That way, like, yeah, it's really that got played more because I also think it also affects the, the map. But maybe it's, maybe it's more expensive because if you have too many. Of those cities turning from gray into a color, the the cities themselves, the, the game will empty out too quickly, maybe. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's what mm-hmm. that's about. I, I kind of think it's also a matter of, uh, uh, and I don't know this because I only played two maps. Like, uh, there are probably some maps probably do best with certain type of routes. Yeah. You know, and if you wind up short, you know, just m- m- short circuiting it, you probably affect the feel of every map. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so I, I imagine, like for example, we go back to Australia. Like you know, there are a lot of cities on the east coast, and then there's desert because there's the des- the, the Simpson Desert and all, all and all that stuff. Did uh, you live in Australia? You seem really up uh, on this geography. You know, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no matter how far or how wide I roam. <laughs> I still call Could Australia. Could you please use an accent? Thank whole. you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, seriously. Uh, but uh, so so when we were playing, like, you know, I could see it form the same way that Australia forms. Like, you know, yeah. the East Coast is filling up. It's getting tight. And then, like, some intrepid person will, like, go into the desert. And, yeah. like, and they go, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to turn this, this town into a city. And then it'll be a, a color. And, and so it, it really fit the theme of australia and like mm-hmm. it, it fit the th- in, in the same way in uh the 18xx yeah uh same so exact thing. so I, I i have to put pl- i have to believe that the the gray maps i mean the gray cities are, are gray towns they're towns well no the, and, and there's cities, cities but the, yeah. Aust- so the australian map has a town mm-hmm. thing so the australian map just came out um and it has a thing where there's are there are not just cities but there are towns mm-hmm. and so you lay a town like a regular tile. And then that town basically is, you're basically are putting a gray city on the map mm-hmm. and then you would have to up upgrade. further upgrade that. And I was a little sad because we didn't really play with that that much. Like it was not, it's expensive. It's an expensive thing to build mm-hmm. a town and then to up to upgrade it. So I didn't, I didn't feel like we were really motivated because it's the Australia map also has low income levels. So mm-hmm. um, I kind of want to play around with that more to see what, yeah. that, how that, yeah. that uh, turns out. I imagine like at six, for example, you're not going to, there's no way six people can be on the East coast of Australia. Yeah. You know, it, it's just, it's, and like, you can't, I don't think the way that the map is, you can't start out on the West coast and think you're going to do very well. Cause there just aren't as many cities there. Yeah. So, like, I think those other factors come into a higher uh, player count. So the um, the base game of Railways of the World, the map that comes with it, is called Railways of the Eastern U.S. And that one goes up to six players. And that one has sort of a similar layout in that you have a density of cities in the Northeast, like New York, mm-hmm. Philadelphia, 
Boston, Philadelphia. Yeah, whoop, I'm wearing my Wawa shirt. I love it. I yeah. love it. Uh, Baltimore, you have a bunch of cities close together there. And then in the Midwest, the cities get more, they're, they're wider, they're, they're farther out. So you still have that thing where people tend to get concentrated in one area, but then there's usually someone who's like, well, I, since everyone's up there, I'm going to go to the Midwest and it'll be mm-hmm. more expensive to make these links because they're longer, but I'll, I'll monopolize the area. So the Australia map sort of had that too. Um, but I, I definitely would be intrigued to play some, get some more reps on the Australia map to see how that town yeah, I get a six-player game. I know. We, yeah. six, yeah. I have to, I, so I have to say, I'm jumping ahead a little bit because I do want to talk about player count. But um, the I th- personally think the six-player game of Railways of the World is magical. I think... Hot take. Yeah. It's a hot, <laughs> magical take. <laughs> because it, it takes a long time, just so you know. Like, it takes like probably like four hours or so and change. But, um, you know, when you have six players around this big board... And everyone has their own little corner in the beginning. There's usually, again, there's usually like two people in the high traffic areas because you can never let one person never. be in the in a place with lots of little cities because they're going to be able to get lots of little deliveries and get their income up hot quickly. Mm-hmm. But so there's people, everyone sort of has their own area and you're developing your own area. But naturally, everyone starts to encroach on each other and you create this web. And you're just, you know, my recommendation is you know, you get six people together. Everyone has some wine or some beer. If you don't drink, you know, whatever it is you want to drink, et cetera. But it's sort of like have your Postmates uh, order ready. You know, yeah, it's like a <laughs> night. It's like a night of like both deep decisions, but also like like this communal fun of like building this huge map together. It's like it's. I find it to be intensely gratifying. Yeah, no, I, I think uh, I think it comes down to like if I were to boil the essence down to why the game is good. Uh, is like you you want to do four things you're gonna get to do three mm-hmm. and and that's always that uh, and like you know you throw in interaction and so you're never it's never quite enough yeah and you're always wondering uh can I wait yeah mm-hmm. uh, like, uh, so mm-hmm. that's what you are you're kind of like pushing <laughs> your luck the entire game yeah because you can do anything you want. Uh, immediately, you just take the loans, uh, the bonds to do it, and you can build from anywhere. Yeah, so, so you could do it, but if you don't, but those it's going to cost it twenty two bonds. You're not going to win. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Dimit- sorry again, Dimitri. <laughs> um, what did you? So uh, we, I mean, we sort of discussed this, but like in terms of the interactivity on, on, on in the game, like what did you think, Candace, about the interaction? Yeah, I I loved it. I was always kind of stressed about what other people might do and where they might build. And, you know, I had that whole push your luck. Like if I feeling like if I don't do this, then, you know, is Paul going to do this or Matt yes. or Ben or whatever? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then also in the Australia map, I don't know if this is with uh, all of age or wow, <laughs> railways of the world, but there was that company merger card that. I have not seen that. And I thought that was okay. a great card. I loved that card. Okay. So basically, Paul took this card. And after I had already created a link, he was able to play this card and pay me some money mm-hmm. um, to pretty much put his train on the link with me. So every time we ran any goods over this particular link, we both got uh, increased our points slash income. Uh, and it was, it was, and you, you, strange that like, you know, with collaboration, we came in first and second. Yeah, that was noted. I, I, um, well, I also, I mean, I, I set myself up for failure early on because 
I confused my purples and my blues because the the base game that I got was before the 10th anniversary printing and the 10th anniversary printing they changed their blues and their purples enough that my blue cubes look like purple cubes it's it's long <laughs> oh. story short I was like oh good I'm going to set myself up here and have five purple deliveries and it's like oh that's not a purple city at all that's a blue city womp, but womp, I know it was a womp, womp, womp. but that's womp. but I, but um <laughs> one thing with this game is that you can deliver over other people's tracks so if we have a six link delivery and I deliver over two of Paul's tracks to get to the city, I'm going to get four of those points, pausing at two of those points, which I think is a really cool system. But I have to say it's one that I don't want to say underbaked, but I haven't really felt like it's it's usually like a last ditch mm-hmm. thing. Like you just have to do it. And it would be fun to see a map where people were a little bit more dependent on each other, like we're sort of we're kind of like, okay, I'll do this this much and you do that much of it. And um, I'm sure at like an advanced play, like or maybe like you play it enough that you start to say, okay, I'm not going to build this railway where I do all of it. Like maybe I, there will be some more negotiations of like, let's work together to make this railway. I imagine if it's like a really tight space, like imagine like Portugal, but even half that size. And eventually you're going to have to, if you want to move goods, you'll have to go over other people's because mm-hmm. you're, you're locked in, in spaces. I, I imagine that'd be it. An interesting decision space. Yeah. Uh, Port the Portugal map. I want to mention uh, we were playing that first of all right now on BGA. We just started the game. That map is designed by Vital Lacerda, and it actually is very gray city focused. So it really wants you to urbanize. In fact, there's no black cities on the map. What? So yeah, so so, <laughs> <laughs> so like you're forced to, which is really cool. And that one is that's a very intense map. Mm. So I'm excited for our little uh, foray into that. So in this, in the Australia game, we had those red cities, which you could never urbanize to a red city. Is yeah, that kind of that's standard? Universal. Okay. Yeah, red cities are usually like, like capital. Yeah, so you can never like the red cities. There's those, there's usually only two or three on a map, and those are the only places you can deliver red cubes to, which is interesting. It's also kind of worth mentioning that when you are delivering a good, you always have to hit one of your own links first. Yeah. Because I'm wondering if, you know, it might break the game or something. Like, if I would be more inclined to kind of use other people's links if I could start with there sometimes. Mm, yeah. But it might break the game. What do you think about the variability in the game? Uh, in, in what way? Like, you know, like, like, do you feel like this is a game that would become samey to you? Do you feel like there's, like, there's a lot of, like, you can get no. a lot of reps in this? Uh, yeah. I, I think what makes it variable is the card play and the and the goals that are available so uh in our particular card play, uh, uh flop you, you had a few cities so these cities were the initial focus because they were going to give you quick income mm-hmm. but with any other flip like you'd have different cities so then now your focus is in a different spot so like you can't no one controls that mm-hmm. so i think like it's always going to be a new uh a new map in right. A, in a yeah. sense. What do yeah. you think, Candace? I was gonna say, yeah, and then you. I think there's lots of variability, like even within just one map, because you have those different color cubes coming out differently that are gonna like incentivize you to kind of build routes differently. Yeah. The different the different goal cards as as well are definitely incentivizing mm-hmm. us. But then also just the other operational, the regular operational cards. Like there was one card that let you build on desert for free or yeah. something, and like had that come out earlier we probably would have been building a little differently. So just 
all of the cards just add a whole new layer of variability. But yeah. it, doesn't, it doesn't feel random. It just feels like it, uh, it's not random. Like it feels no. like, like oh, this is it, your fate. Exactly. This yeah. is like oh, here is here's how uh, what you call it. Here's how the complexion of this complexity. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm never gonna live that down. Uh, the, you know, uh, yes, uh, this is how. Now it's in my head. Now it's in my head. Thank you, Candace. <laughs> but it's always gonna be different. But it, yeah. it's never. It's like the setup is different. So yeah, and also there's an expansion you can get, which I have, of course, which is really fun, which is an event deck, and that also changes things up. It'll. I forget. I haven't played with it in a while, but the event deck might add something like you can't build on this sort of hex this mm-hmm. this round yeah. or something like that. And that those are those are fun you know twists that affect how you develop Mm -hmm. um but i think the cube thing is actually such a such a simple yet effective way to create variability because just like what you said candace like if if like if a bunch of red cubes wind up in one part of the map that's gonna drastically affect where people will want to start maybe Mm -hmm. uh or just like where where people are going to go to first what sort of cards people might go for and it's also by the way there there's sort of like this really fun ritual at the very start of the game and i'm assuming this is true for ages team too where you just look at this blank board and you see all these cubes and you're trying to like create the so paths you, you're trying to yeah, see the money making path <laughs> you have to see like how am i gonna get like yeah. these cubes and at first you really only see like those single or or two things but then as the game evolves you can start to see like oh I can, More six or seven yeah. and like oh i can you know it's really cool i also think it's really cool that you know this game has been around for a while and there are all these expansion maps that you know put a whole new twist on it they all have the map itself is different then you have different cards but it's mm-hmm. kind of like that same simple system yeah uh and i will say ben has this influence on me a lot but <laughs> that night like, I love this game. <laughs> I thought it was super fun for all the reasons we've already kind of discussed already. So I ended up buying it. <laughs> and I I'm was so like, proud. I'm at, so proud. At first I was like, oh, I bought, I bought, you know, the base game and I just got the Europe map because I, you know, Ben kind of walked us through mm-hmm. all the maps and said what his favorites were and for reasons why. In fact, I will, and I will do that. I will, I'll give map okay. recommendations. But then like later, I don't remember if it was the same night or next day, I ended up putting another order in. Eagle Griffin, like, you know, the publisher has a bunch of them on sale and I'm in, I'm all in at this yeah. point. <laughs> I think, you know, before I do the map recommendations though, I do want to like pick Paul's brand a little bit about Age of Steam because yeah. mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I played, I think I played like, uh, about three games mm-hmm. of it or so, like two years ago when we did a review yeah. for it. I loved it. I mm-hmm. mean, because it's, I think at the at its core, the two games, it's it comes down to building tracks mm-hmm. and delivering those cubes. I think that you, you the, the, a lot of the things that we talk about that's so great about Realities of the World are mm-hmm. like, you could just shift them over to Age of Steam. Mm-hmm. Like, you still have that same thing where you look at a map, you look at the cubes, try to figure out how the map's going to be. But I feel like you have a, a bit more experience with Age of Steam than I do. And I would love to get your take on uh on both games or, or how they how you, i think the simplest comparison. way that i would put it is like i feel like age of steam uh is driving stick and uh railroad of the world is driving automatic whoa mm. traffic traffic <laughs> am i right like, we're very thematic on it. yeah and i think like if you if you really you know like if you drive stick you could probably get just a little bit more juice out of your your car but you know if you're just wanting to get point a to point b like, you know, automatic, like, you know, like, yeah. uh, and so I, I feel like there's a lot of things that 
are slickly streamlined uh, from Age of Steam to uh, Railways of the World. Like, for example, uh, you know, you move up your, your point track and you get income that grows. And then all of a sudden, like... Oh, yeah, this, we didn't talk about th- this. There's this point where, like, after you get a certain amount of income, you, the more points you get, <gasps> yeah. your income decreases. And uh, I felt like, oh, that's a very clever way of doing it. It's the same way in uh, Age of Steam where you have uh, your headwind, your, your like, uh, income reduction. And it's how you, when you uh, issue stock, like, you know, you lose points but for every stock uh, you have at the end of the game. So rather than having to deal with those, quote, unquote, manually, the game has already automated that and is kind of compressed it into a, in a system that, like, is fairly invisible you just have to deal with this thing mm-hmm. and that, you know like and for the card play like you know in age of steam like normally you bid on cards you bid for turn order but you also turn order also uh determines which role card, yeah yeah it's which, like a role that you have exactly in age of steam. uh rather than that they just put out on all the cards so yeah. like uh all the cards have different powers that reflect this and you just have to use a turn to, to get so that those powers are still there it's just not in is, is dissociated yeah. from the uh, the turn order but aren't the i only played age of steam once mm-hmm. but aren't the roles kind of static uh, like the, the same ones all it's like, like you can build like five five like exactly like like, like tiles instead of build four. an extra tile or you build first or you deliver first or you upgrade your engine for free and blah, yeah, yes uh those are those are the only roles that you'll have in the game but there are times when you're going to need one more than the other. Right. Mm-hmm. And so uh, with the way that uh, Real of the World has... Uh, yeah, the whole deck. Uh, yes. Uh, and so now what you're doing is when you're bidding, you're taking into account uh, basically what's on the card uh, flop and what the board state is, which is effectively what you've been doing in Age of Steam. Mm-hmm. It's just automating it in a way that you know rather than stick shift manually yeah where it's better if you're in traffic to have an automatic yeah well, like, like the, and, and we'll talk about this like uh, <laughs> I, mean, I mean i thought i i, I do think that the decision making in, in in age of steam the choice of like the auction and how that relates to which special role i'm going to take mm-hmm. was it's very rich mm-hmm. and like a tense tight decision and it's it's a good one it's, it's an excellent decision to make be like oh i really because you're not even sure exactly which power you is even, mm-hmm. even the most important sure. and how much you should bid for it um but at the same time i think that for me what i have liked about railways of the world is that while that decision is really good i feel like the emphasis on railways mm-hmm. of the world is a little bit more about like building that map mm-hmm. than it is the auction mm-hmm. like yeah. the auction is fun but it's not the emphasis and i feel like in age of steam the auction has a bit is, is a little bit more emphasized it's it's the essential part of the game like yeah. like it's not it's not like you you bid here and uh, in a railway of the world and you get first or second whatever like you're gonna be okay because all the actions are kind of def- all the special things you can do are kind of diffuse, so you'll probably get to do something. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas, like in Age of Steam, you have to bid and consider what exactly you need and how much you are willing to pay for that, and mm-hmm. that requires how many stocks you're going to take. So, all those manual choices mm-hmm. puts such a high stake on it. Uh, and if your goal is to play the operational part, it takes away from it I, right. I but you know if your if your goal is to do both of them it does it better yeah and and age of steam uh, just remind me mm-hmm. is that where 
like we all take a building turn and then we all make it to a delivery mm-hmm. turn. Yeah, and everyone, then, yeah, everyone uh, gets to build. Everyone gets to do deliver twice or upgrade your engine once. Right, and so mm-hmm. like with Railways the World, the ra- the it's it's definitely much more about the map because you you have three you're going to get three actions that you get to do. We all go around the table three times. So it's not like with HSC where it's like, we all build Mm -hmm. then we all deliver or do the upgrade. It's like, you're choosing one of those things and the order in which you do it and how other people are doing and how you react to that is actually where the decision space is. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's actually very different from Aegis team in that way, which I think is actually very cool. Like, is this a time for me to deliver? Is this a time for me to build? Yep. No, it's, I think it's, I think it's different enough from Aegis Steam where I go like, oh, I... Could you have both in your collection, do you think? I think I would. I I think... And then this is a little flashing forward to our member segment, but like, I feel like this is probably more fun forward for me. Mm -hmm. And imagine like, you know, like you're in the green and then you're in the yellow and you're in the red. Like, you know, like I feel like Age of Steam lives in the yellow red and this lives in... uh, Railway World lives in the green yellow. And I think like living in the green yellow is probably. Are you talking about complexion again? No, the <laughs> <No. laughs> green yellow mean the green uh, is the fun. Oh yeah, yeah no, yeah. green yellow is like uh, I'm sorry, like green yellow red. I I, I should have started with this. It's I mean, like, I know we're talking about traffic, but this is like yeah, a stoplight. Yeah, that's right. I, I mean to say that like uh, green yellow is, is how much computational power. Oh, you gotcha, need. oh gotcha. okay. Uh, that, that, that's Brain probably it, it, yeah. And I think uh, I think. Everyone, you know, there are times when you want to play a green game, a yellow game, or a red game. Like there, all the time. Yeah. But like, and I think Age of Steam is a, more of a yellow red game. And mm-hmm. if you want to get that, like, get that exhaustion and get like that good workout in, where you like Age of Steam, I pick. But like, if you want just to hang out and like you know really have just a little bit of like you know like hiking together, like uh, <laughs> like uh, in you know to Griffith Park or whatever. Like you know, I feel like Railroad is a world is where you go and and both experiences are are valid and and i I want both one doesn't come at the expense of the other exactly which decision bush would you prefer (laughs) (laughs) is this like a thank you thank you uh, is this this like a thank you everyone i'll I'll, I'll, I'll see everyone later thank you very much (laughs) yeah i mean um I'm, you know, let me talk about the maps for, mm-hmm. first before, Candace, I hear your final thoughts, um, unless there's obviously other stuff you want to talk about. But I will say, um, like, the maps that I really recommend, um, I I love Eastern U.S. for a six-player game. I think that's, like, a very special experience. I have Western U.S. I have not played Western U.S. yet, so I can't comment. I also have Nor- I also have Canada, which I have not played yet, so... I have some things, and I got the transcontinental playmat, which I really should have unfurled. It's I, I haven't <laughs> opened it up, but it's like the transcontinental playmat. They basically take Eastern U.S. and Western U.S. and it's like a it's like a whole day, I think, <laughs> where because you basically play the Eastern game and then you unlock the Western half. I don't know. First, but, you have to build a table that can hold the. Maps. I know. I think my table could do it. I have to test it out. But um, uh, but that I think Eastern U.S. is great for six players. For four players, um, I think generally speaking, um, Railways of Europe is considered to be the best map. I think it's often considered the best map overall. Like people, mm. it's just like it's very well balanced in terms of mountains and where the where everything is and the gray cities. It's really, it is a really good one. Great Britain is very fun because uh, there's a lot of cities and they're close to each other, so you can build your income up early. So it's not as like the money is not as as tight. Um, 
And uh, Railways, of, Railways of Portugal is a blast, and it is so cutthroat. It is the most cutthroat version I ever played. It was it was great. And Railways of Nippon is a relatively new one, and that's also very fun. You kind of can't go wrong with any of them, but I would say if you're going to, if you want six-player Eastern U.S., four-player Europe, two-player, um, you could do Portugal or, or Railways of Mexico, which comes in the base game. Mm. Yeah. So, Candace, what are your thoughts? She hates it. Tell me. Yeah, I mean, no, you, I mean, no you already way. know you, lo- you I, loved it. I, I loved it. You loved I it. Loved it. You it it's it's my jam, and for my circle of friends that you know don't play games as much as me, but love games, I'm like, this is going to be such a hit with them. Which is really funny because I almost was going to ask you to borrow it. <laughs> <laughs> but I trust you. I trust. You. I know, but I don't even want to borrow someone's game for the same. Re- I'm like, what if somebody spills something? Like, what? Yeah, like I don't even want to. But like, I I have some friend Cassie and Jake's uh, relatives are in town this mm-hmm. week, so I was like, ooh, like They're we could do fun. a six player game. But I did order it, as everyone knows. Mm-hmm. At this point, so um, that that might happen, but yeah, I, I really I really dig it. I yeah. love love games with depth and like that are have easy rules and just like a lot of replay value. So yeah. I'm stoked to you know explore more with yeah. you guys. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll say like you know I started out with Age of Steam, and that was a rough entry. Like Age of Steam took me a year to appreciate. And it's only because like Tom would always go, let's play Age of Steam. And I'm going like, no, no, it sucks. It's stressful. And and then I I I, I hit the the crest. Mm. Whereas this is really a good intro to any like big train game. Like you, you could play this game, then you can go to Age of Steam or Carnegie or you could even go to H and XX from it, yeah. honestly. And, and so, like, this will give you concepts that are that you may not be familiar with if you've never played a, a, a operational train game. Uh, and you're like, "Oh, this is I can I can ingest this." So it would get you further down the line faster. Uh, I will say, like, you try it out on BGA. Mm-hmm. You know, the, yeah, that, that's it's it's new there, and and uh, and I think that if you try it out and you don't like it, you'll know that you don't want to play it. Yeah, uh, it's Paul's fault. Yeah, it's my it's my fault. That's right, because of the because of the decision bush. Yeah, <laughs> I will say for me, you know, a lot of time, you know, I'm always being like, this is like a top five game for me, guys. I say like about 14 <laughs> titles, but I will say that this game for a very long. T- I don't know if it's still current because I haven't done a, I haven't revamped over the past. There's been a lot of really good games recently, but for for several years, it, this has been my number two game of all time behind Concordia. And there have been it. times where it's actually dipped, like souped up into number one. Um, I think it's, I think it's a tremendous game and I actually, I've been able to have, like, it's great for people who, who don't play games, but I feel like the more we say that, the more people might write it off as some sort of like beginner's game. And it's not that like, this is a seasoned gamer game too. Mm -hmm. It's just, I've, I've, I've always had a great time playing it. I've never had, except for one situation, never had a bad gameplay of it ever for six or seven years <laughs> and you know um it's it's always been it's always been a hit people always love it um and sometimes <laughs> except for you know when they but, take 22 bonds by accident <laughs> but like it's it, it's i think it's it's a really it's it's a it's a it's a, it's something that you strive for in a board game which is deep rich decisions immense interactivity a good puzzle but also a wonderful social experience and of and also the joy of like 
of of play of fun of and I, I think that like like age of steam is wonderful and and it's not fair to compare them but i do have to sit but therefore i will anyway and i will say this to me gives me like the the chunky decisions that i that i liked the most out of age of steam i get here too and i just like the way this you approach it here more and i think that there's probably a good chance that whichever one you come to first age of steam or railways of the world is going to be the one that you like more and i just i came to this one first and so i am i'm loyal to my railways of the world but i think it's <laughs> <laughs> i i think everyone's i think i i just don't think you can go wrong with this uh, game this is like, like i'm laughing because like you know uh, of all the times that i've i've known ben and you know he's always been this proponent of Railway of the world, and the rest of the group is like chirp, 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 chirp. Because no, no, it's so good, it's so good. Yeah. And this is his chance to go like, just so you know, you guys, it's amazing. It's so amazing. Hands like, on my hips, stomping so- the ground like Rumble still skin. Yeah. You know, well, I it, there there's something to be what you just said because like after I played Age of Steam the first time, I bought it, and guess what? It's been sitting in shrink since August. Mm-hmm. But right now, I play Railways of the World like a couple nights ago for the first time I bought it and I'm already like wanting to play it as soon as it comes. So there's some, there was like a the first time I played this game, the high that I experienced, like I'm not like, this sounds ridiculous, but I was, I was so amped and my friend and like my group of friends were like, when do we play it again? When can we play it again? And especially because we played it in a situation, it was like, it was like a Thursday night and we just played into the middle of the night and just were having the jokes going around the table the banter like oh my god you're coming into my area how dare you you just took that cube like it's like it's a, it's it's a it's a rambunctious game it's it's a, it's a fun game like that and um i just uh, there was some other point i was going to make but it's the, the, the forward that i would use uh that uh, we haven't exactly said but we kind of hinted at is it's accessible yeah i th- i think ultimately like this is accessible to everyone and because of that like you can you can bring like for you uh Candace, you'll you'll bring these people who are not real gamers, but like, but you'll be you'll, you'll be comfortable showing this to them mm-hmm, and playing mm-hmm. with them. And I think I think that's what allows it. Like it's, it's welcoming. Whereas Age of Steam, for example, it's a little impenetrable. Like I said, mm-hmm. it took me a year. It's not that I didn't understand the rules; I just couldn't put the rules together because it was yeah. just so many stuff. And we you know a few weeks ago we reviewed Arkwright versus uh, Arkwright the card game, and we had a whole discussion segment about like streamlining games uh turning them into card games etc and like what do we lose etc and to me this is a perfect example of like a streamlined experience streamline doesn't always mean shorter because it's not a short game mm-hmm. but it's saying like how do we get to the really good decisions how do we keep them there but maybe get rid of some of like some of the complexities or or like you know Age of Steam has a whole process of repopulating cities with cubes which is interesting but personally I don't really feel as I don't feel like it's a huge value add for Mm -hmm. me. And so sort of getting rid of things like that. um, I love it, obviously. Yeah. And I can, I can see you having both of these games in your collection for different moods, different types Mm -hmm. of people. Yeah. I will probably sell my age of steam. Oh, (laughs) damn. Um, Just because again, I have too many games and I already know I'm, I feel more excited about this and with the people that I play with, you know, frequently. And by the way, I have to give a shout out to the Secret Cabal podcast because the Secret Cabal podcast is the reason why this game even came into my life. I just noticed it because I sent I sent this to you guys, but I had written a review about 
this game on my I have a, a blog that's mm-hmm. been lying dormant but I wrote a review about this game in 2016 and I revisited it when in a, ahead of this and I saw I've forgotten that I had learned about this game because the secret cabal had revisited it mm. on their podcast several years ago and they were just raving about it. it's like I've got to see what this game is all about so if it weren't for the secret cabal if it weren't for the podcast community <laughs> I don't know I wouldn't be having this special moment but you know it's a good way to describe railways of the world Fun forward. Fun forward. I think we can all agree a tugboat is very fun forward. That's right. <laughs> right? <laughs> totally. Um, so that's what we're talking about today. Like what makes a game fun forward? Okay. So why don't can we like uh define that a little bit? It's a little abstract sounding. Like because aren't all games fun? Aren't all games uh, some level of fun? What do we mean by fun forward? I think to me, when I'm thinking about something like games that are fun forward and, you know, I know we want to kind of distinguish fun forward like games versus party games. Party games are just games that are fun. Yeah. Party games are, all, you know, they're, well, they they're, should be fun all the time. They usually are. Yeah. And other games, you know, they're like you were saying, Paul, with Age of Steam, it's a little more taxing on your brain mm-hmm. where it's like you enjoy it, but it's not like, oh, that was super fun. So I think it's games that you can kind of um, break out with different types of gamers or non-gamers and people are smiling as they're playing it. There are moments of laughter and then people and different types of people you play it with always come out of it saying that was fun. Yeah. You know, that was like really fun. Mm-hmm. What about you, Paul? How do you de- define it? Uh, I like I define like like. All games on some level have to be fun, right? Yeah. So, like, you know, because there's otherwise you're doing work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and work can even be fun. But, like, for me, I have two criteria. One is like the brain power, like, you know, uh, the green, yellow, red. I feel like uh, for my mindset, like, you know, a, a fun four game tends to live in the uh, green and yellow. Mm-hmm. But the real simple heuristic is. Basically, if you ask what game would you bring to a friend who is skeptical about playing a game, mm-hmm. you know, basically, like, you know, oh, I don't really like games. Oh, well, let me bring you, you know, uh, Democker. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> let, let, let me, let, let me, let me, intri- let's play this game. You'll like it. Yeah. And, and that's ultimately, and it's, uh, but you're wanting more than just the social party game. Like, you, yeah. you, you want something that is also in the, like green slash yellow, whereas like a party game may not necessarily be that. The party game may not require any uh, uh, brain power to use. Yeah. I mean, I think for me, fun forward, again, like I think all party games are going to be inherently fun forward. And again, like all games that I like are fun, right? Like I enjoy them. But for me, a game that's fun forward that leads with the fun, it's a game that is cares a little bit more about the fun than it might about like it's a really yeah it's it's perfection or maybe even sometimes even the elegance mm-hmm. of its of its rules i don't necessarily say it's like it's always going to be for you know like a gateway game mm-hmm. you know it's not always going to be like oh someone who doesn't play games is going to like it but what I've, i for me what it's like is is that it there's uh, an emphasis a little bit on levity mm-hmm. there's an, there's like a little there's maybe an uh, there's maybe an element of silliness which you can have a very complex game that's still silly. And for me, like the best fun forward games are the ones that give you rich decisions, but there's, but it also in a, w- in a way the game doesn't take itself too seriously. Mm. It's just like, 
it's like it's a sort of game where you say you know what like who cares if the rules are perfectly balanced or not like this is a game like if you play it you're just gonna always be laughing and always be like oh my god this is like a riot right now you know like we're just we're like we're just we're just we're we're on the ride that the game is mm-hmm. giving us you mm-hmm. know mm-hmm. that's that's how i feel you know sure. um do you what do you think is like the do you think with with a fun forward game do you do you think that games need to be fun forward or like what do you like or i guess i guess what i'm trying to find out is like what what do you think are some of those x factors that will make something fun for. I know we're sort of, it's sort of the same question, mm-hmm. but like what takes something from being a fun game to the fun forward place? Like, I think this is actually a pretty personal, uh, yeah, preference thing. yeah. Uh, I find because I'm an extrovert, I tend to enjoy games with high interactivity. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I think fun for games almost require that for me. Uh, whereas I, I believe like there are some introverts in the world, <laughs> and i feel like you know sometimes like fun forward is actually like oh uh i'm i'm like playing like solitaire like group solitaire mm-hmm. yeah and so it really depends on that the, the person. person yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. uh but but that said like you know i i feel like there we we play games to have a collective experience and there's something about collective laughter and collective, collective, ooh, mm-hmm. that, 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 <laughs> that, that, that binds people and, and makes that fun. Like, you know, yeah. so if, if a game can create those moments, like laughter or ooh, or oh, oh, you know, like, yeah. like, like, you know, just groaning and, and laughter, that I think those are usually the X factors of, of, uh, for me, of a fun forward game. Yeah. I mean, Candace, do you think, um, do you, how much do you think is it the responsibility of a game to create those moments versus the participants at the play at the table to sort of be mm. engaged like to be doing those moments if that makes sense yeah it does make sense um hmm i i think it's a little of both maybe yeah yeah i think it's a little bit of both uh but i think you know, there are some games, which I'm sure we'll probably discuss in a minute, that kind of stand, stand Facilitate out. it. Yeah. yeah. And I don't know, like also a game with a decision tree is a lot more fun forward than a game with a decision bush. True. Whoa. <laughs> well, I think, whoa, I think whoa, a decision tree whoa. will always just be at least fun. I mean, I, I think actually like maybe... Maybe a revised <laughs> definition for me is that like maybe a fun forward game is one where even with a quieter group or more solemn group or more introverted group, the game still facilitates like the laughter and the interaction, right? But like Paul said, like everybody's fun definition of fun could be different. That's a hundred percent different. <laughs> right? Like, like some, some people just have fun, yeah, being in their own world with like a multiplayer solitaire. Like some that's... people would say that Lorenzo, there's probably people who would say Lorenzo is a fun forward game. I don't personally think yeah. it's, a, I think it's just a fun game. Some people think Tribune is. They, <laughs> <laughs> Only with the expansion, Paul. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's interesting to know. It's, it's, it's an interesting distinction of like, it's not just fun, but like those games, like with Railways of the World is to me a fun forward game. 
because it it almost it like I feel like that's a game that wants you to have fun. Like it, it has put that plastic out there, big bold colors. Mm-hmm. There, the rules are not trying to get in the way of the fun. Mm-hmm. There's not a lot mm-hmm. of hinky rules. Mm-hmm. There's not of like convoluted stuff. There's not a lot of consulting the rule book. It's just about like just get in there and 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 just and and have fun, yeah, right? No, I, I I I take the gallerist for example. The gallerist is a very good game that I do not find fun forward but that you know uh i feel like you know why isn't it fun forward because like you know it requires a lot of of mental space it there is a cleanness to it that a streamlineness to it that for whatever reason to me doesn't feel like it requires a lot of interactivity and mm-hmm. even the interactivity that happens doesn't uh facilitate laughter it's right. a great game it's some of our uh, group's favorite game mm-hmm. and i guess i kind of associate it with like if i were to make it uh, like a, a movie analogy the difference between like a drama versus a comedy like mm. you know or or, or, or better yet a game a movie that is you know like oh this is really perfect and meaningful versus a, a game that is perhaps imperfect but so you know like a, you know just so uh speaks to your soul like mm-hmm. you know i'm a I'm a big Notting Hill fan. <laughs> I love that movie. I, know, I love great. it. I need to. Yeah. I need to. Is it a perfect movie? No, but I just love Notting Hill. Like you know, like that's. Yeah. I think. I think that's that's such a perfect example because I feel like there's some games, and one of the games that's going to be on my mm-hmm. on my list is like some some games. You know, if you scrutinize the rules, you say, "Well, this isn't really balanced. This is crazy. Like this is a strange rule. They really should have redesigned to do this and that." And you just say, like. Don't worry about it. Just like, yeah. like, just think about ride. like, just mm-hmm. enjoy like the fun of this silly r- experience. Right. And that's sort of like some of my favorite comedies mm-hmm. or even yeah. some dramas. Yeah. You're just like, yeah. or those feel good movies where you're just like, well, you know, like <laughs> this wouldn't really happen in real life. But like, I can either scrutinize this movie and suck the joy out of it. Or I can just say suspension of disbelief. Let's just have fun with this. Yeah. You know, totally. you know, uh, so why don't we talk about some examples of our favorite fun forward games. I think we're, we're doing three, right? Sure, which means you have nine. I have, which, means <laughs> I, which means I have five. But, um, you know, I can I can cut. Yeah, you, you can caveat. Do you, do you, I can do, cut do, do, one Let me do a round of caveats. Like, on, like for example, I'm not going to say Avalon. I think it's I, I it's definitely fun forward, but I say, I'm going to challenge myself. I'm going to not say Avalon. I think Avalon is actually a fair fun forward uh, game. It, it, it is. It is the fun forward game for me. But like, I'm going like, yeah. But you know, Avalon is, is one where I go like, oh, I'm not going to say this. But like, you know, that is a good example of one. Yeah. I wonder what do you. What There's do you one that I would say, but I'm not. I'm not going to say. It, but I think that actually Catan is a very I, I was fun say, forward I, game. I was going to say Catan was on. Uh, was on. A, but it's the, not the on. My, it's not on my list. That's right. Because yeah. I'm not going to say it, but that's I right. think Catan is a, is one where people might say, "Oh, the dice! Oh, that's it's random!" Or, "Oh my God, the robber!" It's like it's it's like pile on right. the leader. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> yes, but it's also you can spend two hours with a bunch of friends joking and negotiating and having the time of your life. I think I my list is pretty straightforward. Uh, so, like so, so, so. I I just had instantly knew two of them and one of them I was like it was like a probably and I don't go. know I probably could find more but like these are the ones okay. that just kind of stand wait, out to me I know one that you could do I know one that like we've played together and had a very fun forward time with a group of five it's about a group of uh, uh, four other people and that one is Candace. It is a game we played at your house perhaps uh, a few what, 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 what times what time of day was it 
Twilight Imperium. Yes, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Uh, but honestly, I don't... I wouldn't say Twilight Imperium is fun forward. Really? Yeah. I think it's ama- like amazing and very interesting. And there's so much going on. And I enjoy it. Like, I don't know. But that, it's... Well, well when you hear my other picks, maybe it might... Yeah. You, know why I would, you know why I would say it's fun forward? Because you can have moments that just come down to a die roll. And you can either say well this is bullshit i just spent three hours leading up to this fight and, <laughs> and it all comes down to a die roll and my war son's <laughs> gone i'm not speaking from experience of course that never happened i never spent three or four hours building a war son that went away with the roll of one die that never happened but you could choose to say oh this is random this is stupid or you can say isn't that a funny twist of fate and we're all cheering and you know like people are cheering yeah. so people are like oh my god you know like that could be it i mean to- maybe twilight imperium to be is forward. just yeah it's like on a different it's a different spectrum. Uh, you know what? Me. I'm convinced. It stands it's, on its own. I think it may be fun plus, but maybe not fun forward. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Love it. Love it. Love it. Okay. Wow. I'm so glad that we did not have any extra. I'm so glad uh, that, there were there uh, were games that we did not have to discuss for uh, this. Uh, and, and we uh, and we were so clean about this. Just picking three. Just picking three. We're just gonna pick three. Okay. <laughs> so Candace, please give us your first uh, fun forward game. Okay. And the first one for me is Santiago. Oh. Ooh, I love that reaction i would not have expected that yeah so i don't remember i think it was when i got into reef encounter or something but santiago popped on my radar and it was before i'm pretty sure it was like before i was friends with you guys because i know tom's a big fan of it too yeah um or like just as we were kind of starting to play together uh but i picked up santiago uh i think i got like a german version of it so i had to print the english rules and i Played it with five people, uh, mostly non-gamers, and we just had such a blast and came out of it like we all loved that game. Even one of my friends who, he is one of those people who doesn't, like you say, we're going to bring out a game and he like runs away kind of thing. Yeah. Like we all loved it and I just played it, couldn't wait to play it again. I mean, uh, if you're not familiar with it, it has you're basically cultivating kind of uh, vegetables in a desert. Vegetables. Yeah, you're trying to irrigate. <laughs> it's like a kind of tile placement, but they're, you're bidding yep. for these different tiles to like take yeah. them and place them, and then there's a whole thing with the person who bids the lowest gets to be the canal overseer and gets to decide where the yeah. water is going to go. I mean, cana- no, nothing says <laughs> nothing says fun forward like canal overseer, right? <laughs> well, you you can bribe yes. them, and then they ultimately get to make that decision of whose bribe they want to take, or maybe nobody bribes. But anyway, it's just like this game that every time I've brought it to the table with different types of people, again, gamers, non gamers, it just always is a hit. Yeah, and it's just something that I will not let leave my collection because no. again it's so fun i only played it once uh tom brought it to one of the game nights and i i i thought it was it's tremendous fun it was wonderful so yeah 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 i'm so. surprised it's actually not like re-released or i mean it was yeah. like you know uh sometimes i worry for myself i sometimes i worry that i'm not open to other people's games because i'm so eager to play my games that i have a prejudice against other games because i almost feel like those are taking an opportunity away for me to <laughs> dig into my shelf of shame or just the games i love that i don't get to. so sometimes i feel like i'm closed off and playing Santiago, I was like, I'm not closed off because I had such a fun time playing it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that was like, 
you know, when we discussed this topic, that was just instantly like Santiago. What about you, Paul? I will uh, give you my first one. Uh, because I'm a movie person, I'm going to pick Jaws. Oh, really? yeah. Like, oh. Hey, you know, like, uh, here's the game, two parts. Like, you know, one part, uh, you're on the island or the shark. And part two, you are the shark eating a boat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's quick. Uh, it's clean. It has uh, asymmetry, which I really enjoy. And if you've seen the movie, which I assume everyone has, like, you know, there's a lot of role play. Yeah. So, like, you know, I think uh, for, for the, you know, it has a lot of these slightly, you know, like all these different elements mm-hmm. that I really enjoy in the game in, in a short. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you can, uh, so, yeah, I, I think that would be a very simple one, you know. I want to play it. I, I, haven't, not, I haven't played it yet. I did not enjoy it, but maybe I wasn't open to it that night, but I just didn't. I didn't. I just didn't really like it that much. I sort of felt like I was well, sort of uh, going it was through great the paces. Seeing everyone. Uh, yeah. I'll catch you guys later. You know. <laughs> but I will say. I mean. But I, I'm open to trying it again now after this because you guys like Tom also really likes it a lot. Mm-hmm. I believe, well, like, and a lot of people do. Mm-hmm. So maybe I, I should be it. more open to. I think that maybe that was a case where I was wanting to play one of my games and that one came to the table instead. Or, so or you I were was like just not. <laughs> and I probably it was probably when I was on keto. I don't know. But um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, but, but I, one thing I will say though to go back to a game I mentioned earlier um survive um escape from atlantis mm-hmm. is a good companion piece to jaws i didn't put it on my list i just thought of it right now but that actually mm-hmm. is a fun forward game that is actually also a, more of a gateway game but um like for sure if you like jaws i think also survive is a really sure. really fun silly game uh, sure, sure. With, with some more strategy than mm-hmm. you would think yeah and like jaws is like on the verge of party game, I, I think yeah. it requires a little Same bit more, uh, a little bit more uh, than than just like a party game. You have to really like like finding the shark in the beginning, for example. Mm-hmm. You know, like you have to start using your brain. You go like, oh, it wasn't here, so right. And I think that's one of the things with these games as we go through this list that. You know, it does differentiate from a party game here. Like, because if we were just doing party games, we just there'd be like just one and mm-hmm. wavelength right. and all those. I think that we, I'm I'm assuming that we're all looking for games that are like real. I don't want to say real games. That's Not condescending. Party games, but like much. games that have like like depth of decisions, uh, more like a you brain know, brain power. Green, your, yellow, your brain, red. Your brain power. You <laughs> the do complexion have to, of your brain decisions well, is like some some real deep decisions, mm-hmm. but also is you know. Sure, like, it, like you have know, have a party the, game almost vibe. The decision bushes come in green, yellow, <laughs> and, and red. So like, you know, the, uh, the, there's so many bushes of different sizes right, and shapes right. and, <laughs> and 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 prickliness. There you go. Very good. Very good. Um, uh, mine are, by the way, are in no order. But um, I'm going to start with automobiles. Plural. Oh, okay. Not automobile. Uh-huh. Automobiles. Oh, I keep looking at it on your shelf because I want to play that. Yeah, uh, it's also on BGA. I'm actually I just finished playing a game of it uh, like three hours ago. Um, uh, the reason why I say plural is because the singular automobile is a Martin Wallace game, which is all very right. good. That's a great. That's actually also an awesome game. Really good. Not probably fun. Not forward, fun but, forward yeah, at all. It's good, but like excellent. Um, but uh, automobiles is a bag builder game. And it's set in the world of NASCAR, oh, yeah, like or fictional that. NASCAR. Mm-hmm. I don't think they got the licensing. Um, I am not a NASCAR fan, even though I have done fantasy NASCAR, believe it or not. But um, Which is uh, the thing apparently. The reason why I'm saying this is because I've had some trouble getting automobiles to the table because people see a NASCAR theme and like. You know, a lot of my friends are not NASCAR either, and they're just like, I don't want to play a NASCAR game. You know, but 
I'm just saying, trust. It's it's a racing game. When you said fantasy NASCAR, for some reason I'm picturing like Like Gandalf and yeah. No, it's like like, fantasy baseball, fantasy football, or yeah, yeah. I had like a period of time where I did like every fantasy sport, and NASCAR was one of them. But um, Mm. uh, but automobiles, you are you have your car and you're racing around. You know, there's various maps. And you are pulling cubes out of a bag, and depending on the cube color, the cube color is either going to determine how many like spots you can go, mm-hmm. or uh, you know, or might give you a special power, like you can hit your nitro, or you can do this or that. And um, it's exceptionally fun. And I-, I once played it though. I played it once with a group of people, and we did um, a random selection of powers that the cubes can do because there's a whole. Um, you can have something like in one game, a purple cube can do this for you. And another one, it does that for you. And we did a random selection of roles and we did like, we basically accidentally did like the most expert one. And so, you know, one person was like lapping us. They're like every time they pulled the bat, like they did their pull, they were just going all the way around. And then some of us, especially <laughs> me would go like one or two spots. And I personally think that's hilarious. And actually like, that is like the fun of the game that you can be like, well, uh, something's wrong with my car right now. I'm not really going any, you know, or like you have a round where you're like, you go so fast. And then all of a sudden you're like, like one spot. Stalling out. <laughs> and you know, there were people that were like, this game is broken. This is so, un- this is so unfair because, you know, like how you get to go like so fast and I'm going nowhere. And it's like, you're not living in the fun of the game. The fun of the game is it's a race and these things yeah. happen. Like it's a race. Like races are not always going to be fair. And so um, I think automobiles is if you give yourself over to it, it's a very fun forward game. I want to try it sometime. It's a, it's oh, a, it's now, a, now it's, I got two games to try. It's a mm. silly. It's a romp. It's just a romp of a game. You might just, you know, like your car, just you just may be out of it early on, you know, and sometimes you'll be great and there'll be sometimes there's a tremendous comeback. And like all those moments, the drama of it creates that table like, ooh, ah, you know, it's good. It's a really good one. Yeah, I never realized what it was all about, but I thought based on the logo that it was similar to that Trains deck building game. It's from the same. It's that same trio, but Trains is a very different game. Yeah, it was the same. That's like route building family. and deck building, and yeah. you know, we can play automobiles on um, on BGA, and you can get a, a flavor for okay. it. It's very fun. They yeah. have a very good implementation. And by the way, uh, Thunder Alley is another really fun NASCAR themed game. Yeah, I have it's a little, that. Yeah, yeah, that's a very fun one. Um, and that's also chaotic, but automobiles is a little bit more fun forward than it. So that's the one I recommend. Cool. Candace. Yeah, Candace. Okay. My number two was another one that just came really fast um, to me. <laughs> Carson City. Oh, I haven't Carson that. Carson City. Wow. So I just got this maybe uh, back in February at uh, Strategicon Virtual Flea Market. And I was so hype about it because I think when I first got into gaming, it was on my radar, but it might have been out of print or something. So I just kind of forgot about it. But it's basically like a Western themed worker placement game, but it's also city building. Um, so you're, you're building up the Carson City. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but the really cool thing about it is that it's like probably one of the m- most uh, interactive worker placement games uh-huh. um, because you can land on a spot that someone else is on. And when the spaces resolve, 
you have a duel with people if there are multiple players on the same space. So one of the resources you can get in the game is like guns, pretty much. Mm -hmm. It's ammunition. Um, and you, there's a way you can do it where it's not super random. Um, but the random, uh, version is kind of fun, uh, where you, you commit a certain amount of your guns. Um, but then you roll a die and then Uh you see who gets to take that action. And then the people or person who didn't get to, they get some like kind of like consolation prize. So they like didn't completely waste that worker, but it's just like. A really, really fun game. I mean, you have the whole thing where you draft these rolls at the beginning of each round. Mm-hmm. It's only four rounds. It takes like about an hour and a half to play. You're drafting these rolls that give you special powers, and that's going to dictate like the turn order. Um, but in mm-hmm. your city building also, which we like enjoy, people enjoy. Yeah. So you're building different types of buildings on the the board and depending on which buildings they're adjacent to, it's going to increase the amount of income you get from different ones or you get different benefits. Uh, But every time I've played, I've only played a couple of times. Everybody just has a blast. And like when we do those shootouts, uh, you know, there's a lot of tension because sometimes there are certain spaces that like allow you to convert money to victory points and they're highly contested. Mm-hmm. So you're always kind of like wondering, uh oh, is somebody going to go on that space and we're going to have to have yeah. a shootout? And well, sometimes like a game that has those like one versus one moments, mm-hmm. like those, like a die roll or whatever, it, it like it brings the focus at the table to a central, dramatic, theatrical area. Yes. And like those moments are the things that can take something out of being uh, a rich puzzle, a rich interactive puzzle to a, then it becomes like a fun memory because it's like, remember when you rolled that and I rolled that and somehow I won this duel that I wasn't supposed to, you know, like right, that's, right. that's, those are those moments. Yeah. And everybody who has played it with me so far is just like, yes, let's make this a regular rotation. Like I want to play this again. I want to play this again. And that's how I like even I played a two player game with Matt when I first got it and we both enjoyed even the two player game. And Mm. you don't get many two player games that work well uh, worker placement wise besides like Fields of Arl, which is made for two players. Um, So the fact that we still had such a cool experience and the um, the tension and the the fun, (laughs) you know, the shootouts like it's just it's it's such a fun game. And I've. I already said like that one That's I don't a, think is going to leave the collection either. Yeah. Beautiful. But, Paul, do you have another fun forward selection for us? Nope. No? No, no, no. He's <laughs> <laughs> out of fun. No. Uh, here's a game that I I don't know why it works as a fun forward game. I, it, it, I don't think it should, but for whatever reason, every time I played, I had a blast. And that is Quartermaster General. Oh, you know, I've heard of that, and yeah. I've heard that it's fun forward. Yeah, no, it, it, it so the, the 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 biggest uh, hurdle for it getting on the table is that it requires six. It does, mm. like it, it requires six to be best, right? Uh, but like you know, you're you're basically playing axes versus allies. You know, like you know, so uh, and for whatever, and you basically it's so simple. Like you know, you take axes and allies, just reduce it to uh, six people, and you play a card. You know, mm-hmm. a move, play a card. And it's the, the decision space is so small. And for whatever reason, like, you know, there's always so much laughter. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't exactly know <laughs> why. Because it, it, there's sometimes there's an X factor. You know what it's like? It's like, have you ever noticed when you go to like a bar? You know, when you go to a bar, you're like, this is, is a, a fun bar. And this yes. is, and this one's a bad bar. And yes. like, 
they're both bars. They both serve things. Yeah. But what? Sometimes there's, there's that X factor. You're like, yeah. oh, I always have a fun time at this bar. Mm-hmm. It sounds like that with Quartermaster yeah, it, General. It, it's, just, it's a weird thing. We played it once where, uh, like, it, it brings some memories. But, like, the one time we played it at Strategicon, I, uh, uh, I think we played six people. Trey was one of them. And it looked like, uh, I think the allies were going to win early mm-hmm. win. And Trey goes, uh, we're, we're done. Come on, guys. Come on. We're, we're done. Is it a team game? It, it is. Like, <laughs> okay. it, it, it's like, it, it's, it's 3v3. Uh, and, and he goes, no, no, let's, let's finish it. And then, like, the, the axes, which Trey was on, like, crushed. <laughs> it, 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 it just crushed and then Trey like you know like yeah uh, sorry about that earlier guys. <laughs> <laughs> he had lost faith he had lo- he, of, he have little faith that's right I just remember that it was but like this for what little decision space there is I just felt like there was so much so much fun created I don't know if it was a very uh, complex game like you know mm-hmm. the, I, I don't even know of the decisions because you only you had like you could only make so many decisions, uh, but for whatever reason, all those decisions, you know, as as much as you could do for a World War II game, like you just added like asymmetrically to the fun. Mm. Yeah, sometimes also what makes a game fun forward as we're talking, it's kind of fun to sort of like like add on to the definition. Mm-hmm. But I think that sometimes what makes the game fun forward is that it encourages you seamlessly to also step into the theme mm-hmm. and to step into yeah. like the LARPing a little bit, which mm-hmm. is something that we felt with hegemony. hegemony. I would yep. not say hegemony is a fun forward game, but it's clo- <laughs> it's actually pretty close. Yeah, I, I would, I would say it is. Maybe it is. Yeah. Maybe actually yeah. it might actually be because yeah. you are the interaction stepping, with everybody. Interaction yeah. is so high yeah. and you are, I just, I think I don't think of it cause it's so long. So sometimes mm-hmm. I don't associate that, but mm-hmm. maybe it might actually be a fun forward mm-hmm. game after all. Um, yeah, so it sounds like with Quartermaster General, like, that's it. And plus, also, I think that, like, sometimes those games might, like, surface childhood feelings of playing with, like, little army mm. figures, sure, you sure. know? Sometimes that's part of a fun forward game is that it, it like with Railways mm. the World, it's, like, trains and plastic, and it sort of, it, it ushers in emotions of, like, childhood playing nostalgia. and, like, yeah, yeah, like, this. that's what playing used to be, was, like, taking two pieces of plastic in your hand and, yeah. you know, you and, know. And for me, like, there's something, like, most fun for games, I walk away going, this is more fun than it deserves to be. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. it's it, it after, like, oh, why is this so good? It's, like, it's, it's just, just having, like, a really good, uh, like, vanilla ice cream, you're like, it's just vanilla ice cream. It's, it's so good. What, what, what? Is it the sun? Is it, you know, whatever it is. Is it today? But like uh, Quartermaster General, I, I, I definitely recommend. Okay. Um, I'm going to go with one. There were, there were actually a bunch of interesting ones. And I realized that a lot of the ones that I wanted to pick were um, sort of like gateway games, like a camel mm-hmm. up or something. Mm-hmm. But I was like, I kind of don't want to do like all gateway games. Mm-hmm. And then there were some where I sort of had your thing where like this game is way more fun than it should be like maria mm-hmm. actually in a weird way maria i almost put on here because it's like oh that was way that was actually for as serious as it was it was also incredibly fun but the one i decided for in sort of like a game that's a little heavier but i think is actually fun forward is smartphone inc yeah smartphone is great oh i wish i knew but we didn't get to play it on friday oh, oh. did you want to play <laughs> actually, it actually we were about to play <gasps> it yeah oh. elder shot down Elder isn't about fun. He's about oh, resources. <laughs> He's about resources. Resource forward. Elder. Yeah, we were, we were, ju- we were going to play it, yeah, no, but right. the way the groups lined up, it didn't work out. So the reason why I think it's fun forward is that it's an economic game, and um, it has 
It has a lot of the principles that we see in our some of our favorite economic games like Ark Rider Cities, the City of the Big Shoulders. They're decisions oh. that are made about like, I want to price it at this way. If I price it low, I will have initiative, but I might not make as much money as if I price it high. But there's there's an accessibility about smartphone where you say, is this the richest economic game? Is it as rich as an Arkwright or a Cities of the Big Shoulder or an 18xx game or any variety of wonderful economic games? Maybe not, but does it matter? Also, maybe not, because the fun of putting these you know, these tiles that you put together that indicate what actions you can take and and you know go like there you you get the you get the fun of an economic game but you also are you're not bogged down with some of the minutia of a lot of of, of economic games or some of the the crushing choices mm. which i love the crushing choices in arkwright like i like i love them make my heart race but this one is like <laughs> Listen, there's this nice, big, bright sort of like map, clean map. Mm-hmm. And you just go in and you're just like you're just doing things. And it's like what you have to do is very straightforward. And in its straightforwardness, it allows you, therefore, to sort of like be joking and having fun interactions with the people that you're with. You're not lost in your own thoughts as you calculate you know, this and that and that, like maybe a little bit. But you're not making computations in your head. You're more interacting with the other people. Cool. Like, yeah, yeah, I love smartphone. Yeah. Maybe Candace. one day I'll Candace. love it. Candace. Yeah. Maybe one day. Maybe someday. You, okay, okay, Candace. Okay. My last game, I you know, I thought about it. I was like, should I put this on my list or not? And then I thought about BGGCon mm. and how much fun Tom and Trey had. So I had to put Tank Duel. Tank Duel. I knew <laughs> Tank I knew Duel it. is on my list. But honestly, for real, when I look through my shelf and I'm like, what? Like... I had friends over that are not really gamers, definitely not into any kind of historical games or a game about tanks where you're competing with tanks for in World War II. I love it. But they had a blast and we had so many fun stories to the point where my friend Andrea even like painted me a watercolor like tank battle. We still joke about what happened because what happens with this game sometimes is... I will just pick whatever tanks for people and not realize that there are different things that maybe make them balanced. And also, Tank Duel is a team-based game, which I think adds a fun factor mm-hmm. similar to... Uh, Quartermaster. Qu- Quartermaster. Yeah, yeah. When you were saying it was team-based, I'm like, that is definitely a that fun factor things. for Tank Duel. But like, there is some randomness. It's a beer and pretzels game. But I mean, I have a blast playing it playing it everybody except tom and trey um <laughs> have always had a blast playing it but i i think it was their expectation like i think they thought like oh this is a gmt game it's yeah. gonna be like you know but you know that's not what it is <laughs> i mean it is a gmt game but like <laughs> but it's just it's just super fun and yeah. i i never imagined my, like ever being into like a tank game but it's like you have your own tank player boards and mm. you're like trying to spot get closer to the tanks abstractly and, and flipping cards in there and your session with them wasn't it something like they learned all these rules and like in the first turn like one of their tanks just like 
got blown up. It wasn't that dramatic, no. <laughs> but, no but, but I think there that's was funny. at some it's point, funny... yeah, somebody's tank did get blown up with a card flip. Yeah. <laughs> those are, I mean, those are, I mean, I can see that being a frustrating experience, but I can also see that being a really funny Yeah, and thing. apparently I missed an epic game. Hector was telling me they played like a, like a six-player game. You can play up to eight players. Oh, that's fun. They played a six-player game at GMT last weekend, and I missed out on it. And I think Hector had a um all he had to do was pull a card that was 90 or less and the deck of cards goes from like one to a hundred or something so he had the odds he flips the card it was a 92 <laughs> <laughs> well that was like my war son situation in yes. twilight imperium i yes. like literally like a 10 side of die and the only thing that would have killed it was like a one or something like that or a zero and like oh, that's what was rolled and my war son went down in flames to this puny little army like sometimes those moments yep. you can either you can either take those moments as like peak frustration or you can say this is funny and i want to i mean i want to say i always take it as this is funny there were mo- there are moments i take it as peak frustration and like that's that's human but if you can step outside of that and yeah. be like this <laughs> that's is funny so ridiculous it's funny yeah then you're going to be rewarded <laughs> love yeah. it, love it. paul your last one yeah, this is where I was like, oh, before we go to the last one, here's my honorable mentions. Like, you know, things like Captain Sonar. And- I was going to say Captain Sonar. I've never played it, but that seems like that would be yeah, a fun I, forward I, one. I, it definitely is. But, like, I, I thought about it, and I go like, oh, what game do haven't I played in a while that I think is very fun forward? And I came up with Citadels. <gasps> what? You wanted me to put Citadels <laughs> on my list so bad. I've never played it. Oh, no. You're- Hundred percent agree. Yeah, yeah. So, so basically, <laughs> you're trying to make some buildings. Uh, every round, you get to choose uh, a role, like you know, from assassin, assassin, right, to yeah. uh, to king or, or mm-hmm. whatever. Merchant. Uh, yeah. And and each role has a power, but like uh, they uh, and each role has a number, and basically, it's all done. In, it's like drafted. Mm-hmm. And so, what happens is uh, you uh, you pick a role, and then you go like, is anyone the assassin? The assassin's number one. Okay, the assassin's power is who do you kill? Mm-hmm. And so, like, you're kind of one person. You're, yeah. you're looking around the table and you're going, like, oh, I think Ben picked the queen. So mm-hmm. I, I, get, I go, I'm going to kill the queen. And then, like, if you did pick the <laughs> queen, you don't say anything until it comes to it. So, until you're called. Yeah, that's yeah, right. You're, and then, like, the next one, too, is like, uh, the, the thief. The thief. That's yeah. right. Like, I'm going to kill, you know, like, I'm going to steal from blah, blah, blah. The merchant. And then, you know, the, and so ultimately, you wind up. I I don't want to say it's take that, but it, there is that element about it. But it has super high interactivity, mm. and everyone's trying to build their citadel to have the like a certain number of points of buildings, and each building has some you know power that it gives it. But like, there's such laughter. Like the, the, I remember playing a, this, this, this game with Tom, and it was uh, it was us and and our uh, our, our family, our, our, our the in laws, mm-hmm. and. It started off like a normal game, and eventually it wound up being like Tom and I just picking the assassin and going, I think you picked the... (laughs) 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 And so for a longest time, we're just trying to kill each Guess other. Guess each other what and, each other picked. And, and, and it yeah. was like literally the Princess Bride moment. goes, oh, you would have picked the, uh, the king... But I, I know you think I picked the king, so I think you picked the blah blah yeah, blah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it, it was just such such fun uh, in playing. And I think I've never met anyone who did not like the game. Yeah, yeah. It, it really it's, it, that sounds it's a very banger fun. in my household. Yeah. With oh, I've never played. I want to play it. It's so accessible. You get it by the first round, and 
And, you know, like, I would say that you could make the point that, like, it goes on just a tad too long if, you know, if people aren't building uh, their buildings. But, like, for that's what, what, yeah, that's yeah, I've heard that. I've heard that goes a little long. But, yeah, whatever. Before, for the experience, I, I think, I, I think it's, it, it's the bee's knees. Wow. Yeah, it, it's, su- it's super fun. So, I didn't have any um, honorable mention because I... Didn't mention games earlier, remember? But actually, I have to say, <laughs> while you were talking about that, talking about buildings, mm-hmm. I actually thought of a game that, like, I'm going to make it an honorable mention because it needs to be mentioned. Like, some would, it might actually be the most fun forward game, but, I, but I, I'm unwilling to knock my last game off. So the one game I am going to mention, because I think this is a game that I think you almost only play for the fun. Mm-hmm. I mean, it has it has some interesting stuff in it, but I think you're really in it just for the fun. I think the Castles of Mad King Ludwig ah, is actually yeah, like no. like you know the 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 auction in that or the mm-hmm. way you like someone arranges the price for things is very, is a good. That's a really that's an interesting thing, sure. interesting choice in that game. But I feel like almost the reason why that stays in my collection and to a certain degree suburbia is because ultimately it's the fun of putting. You know, Making a bowling alley next yeah. to the bathroom, next to a torture chamber, and yeah. you're, as you make these ridiculous things, so. you're joking about it and you're telling stories. Like, you're the gameplay is fun, but you're really in it just for that the sure. fun of making these castles. Sure. So, and for some reason, I don't find it that fun. <laughs> like, I I can totally see why it's such a hit with people. I bought it as a gift once for yeah. some for other people, but for me, like, I don't know. There's just something where I'm like. Yeah, I could just do without it, you know. Yeah, maybe the maybe. Yeah, I think it would it would be great if it was. I know that the there's a new version, a deluxe version coming out with like more engaging art. Maybe that would help. And you know, it doesn't have the decisions aren't aren't that deep. So maybe it really is great for an, a runner up. But I felt like I, I as I thought about, it, I was like, I really actually feel like yeah. it wasn't like I'm trying to cram in more. I was like, I actually think it should be mentioned. Sure, sure. But um, my my last one that I'm picking. I think, Candace, you're going to like this one. I don't know about you, Paul. I think you'll like it, too. Dead of Winter. Yes! Meh. Really? What? Uh, don't, don't misunderstand me. Like, I, I, I think we played... Dead Winter's great. Like, like, like you know, I, I think ultimately there is some baggage in our group about Dead of Winter. <laughs> oh. Well, I, I came in after the baggage was, yeah. was dropped off at, you know, baggage claim. Mm-hmm. But um, I guess that's where you claim your baggage. But... um. Dead of Winter. I've I, that's another one where I've never had a bad game play, and it's 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 just always so so fun. And that's one that's actually it's it's a serious zombie theme, yeah, yeah. but it has moments of levity. There's um there's a do- you can play as a dog, Sparky, Sparky a dog, yeah. and and like that's a very funny like it's silly. You can strap him with a shotgun too. Yeah, you have you have like <laughs> ridiculous does. moments where there, there's like the janitor right or like or like. You play because the whole thing is that you're uh, like a town that's besieged by zombies in the middle of winter. And so you're playing different characters. And there have been many times where I've had this amazing kick ass zo- uh, 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 ninja who then gets relegated to being in the colony with a mop, just cleaning <laughs> up all the time. <laughs> like you have a ninja mop. Or, I mean, that's a, another game. Talk about die rolls where you're like, okay, guys, Am I gonna here's get the plan. Or <laughs> it's like, I've got like, Okay, we've got this supercharged person with this weapon. They're gonna go to the library and take out all those zombies. All we have to do is make sure he gets to the library and you roll the die. Like, oh, he's dead. <laughs> 
like, like yeah. the mayor to do something. And there's always these like funny moments, but there's also this impending dread at the same time. And there's accusations. Yeah, because there could be a hidden traitor. Yeah, and I mean, I've had people. Why scream- are you looking at me, Candace? <laughs> <laughs> I've had people screaming in that game, but in like in a funny way. Yeah. And um, and it's also, by the way, a great game for newbies. I played it with newbies because mm-hmm. since it's semi-cooperative, you know, ultimately, you know, you can kind of be swept up by the table because the table can sort of, you're not doing something mm-hmm. only on your turn. You're, everyone can I mean, like it advise. it is cooperative unless it's cooperative you're a traitor. It's cooperative until it's, Yeah. But it's... Why are you looking at me, Candace? (laughs) It's always felt epic. I have such intense memories. I remember, um, like, I remember one time we had someone playing uh, the teacher and someone playing the student, and they were both at the school, like, at the library Mm -hmm. together, and then one, there's a, a feature in the game where you pull a card, and it's like, if this, if you have two characters in this place, stop the game and resolve this. So we had two two uh, characters in the same location and it was like they were having an illicit love affair and we're like oh no it's the principal it's the principal in the, the dog. <laughs> <laughs> and was, but we were dying of laughter yeah. it was it's just I think it's uh, I think that game is alchemy and mm-hmm. it's it's just so good it's a banger yep it's a banger it's a banger it's a banger all bangers yeah all bangers well that's it that's it, everyone. I hope that you guys all uh, had fun. That was a fun forward episode. That was a fun forward episode, you know, um, and I felt like, you know, our choice. It was hard choosing fun forward games. One might even say I felt like I was faced with a decision bush in that one. But <laughs> like there was a lot there's a lot of traffic in my brain about, <laughs> about what to pick. Like, you know, there's so many choices. No, but it was really great. And I hope that people listening are, are inspired to uh, maybe check out some of those games, either online or in person, because they're, I think you're going to be, you know, richly rewarded sure. either way. So, And the complexion of my choices <laughs> are better yeah, than yeah, Paul's. Green, uh, green, yellow, and red. <laughs> <laughs> well, here we go, guys. Here we go. Time is, to... Is, time- is he going to land it? I'm working, working, I've been getting better and better at it, okay? We'll, we'll, we'll give it a try. You've been listening to Game Brain, produced and edited by Matthew Robinson, Tom Donnelly, Trey Alsop, and Ben Mandelker. Special thanks to Daedalus for our incredible music. More on Daedalus at GameBraidPod.com. And also, thanks to Edamar Peleg for our incredible graphics. Be sure to check him out on Instagram at Kerbuloni or on his website, kubuloni.com. You can reach us by email at contact at gamebrainpod.com or on Twitter at gamebrain underscore pod. Thanks for listening, and go play some games with friends or make some friends with games. This has been Game Brain. I added, I added, I, I, I added, I, I tried to make it stretch. <laughs> <laughs>